reminders. The first is that we touch on a lot of sensitive subjects that could be possible emotional and trauma triggers for people. If there are any topics that you're sensitive to, we recommend that before you watch any of the movies or listen to our podcasts, you check the website doesthedogdie.com. Also, this podcast is not kid-friendly and not safe for work. Please listen responsibly. Finally, this podcast contains spoilers. If you're like me and don't like spoilers, please watch the movie before listening. Thank you, and happy haunting. This is Hounds of Horror with Max. What is a non-fatal murder? <laughs> Victor. No, you're no, stupid. Doesn't matter how close you live to your house. But anyway. <laughs> and Kitty. A That's lot. a lot of words for I'm trying something instead of porn. <laughs> So we all need to like say something at the same time or something. I don't know how to do that though. <laughs> Banana hammock. I don't know. I'm eating an apple turnover angrily because my pork wasn't ready. <laughs> Maybe you should have started it sooner. I started it. I gave myself plenty of time and you guys said 730. I'll point out. Oh, did we? I wasn't pervy to that part of the conversation. I did say around 7.30. You weren't pervy to that part of the conversation? Yes, I wasn't pervy to that part. Well, cold blimey. Three seconds. It was. And I want to point out that even though I didn't have the... Oh, never mind. Audacity records whether I have the push to talk down or not. Ah, yes. Yes, it does. Because I'm like, what are these blips showing up? I didn't press the button. It's probably a ghost. Um, it's probably a ghost. Just a helpful ghost. <laughs> Just gonna help you out here. Hit record button. There you go. <laughs> Your EVP. <laughs> <laughs> All oh. right. I'm Victor. I'm Max. And I'm Kitty. And this is our weekly podcast, Hounds of Horror, where we get together and talk about horror movies and stuff. Wait, this is weekly? And I thought. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it was weekly until about. March, so, yeah. and then we had like a six-month hiatus. I thought this was biannual really at the most. So <laughs> it was like any good commitment to the gym. You go really hardcore for like three months, and then you have a slice of pizza and never go again. Yep. <laughs> or you uh, say you'll go twice as hard tomorrow, and like that doesn't fucking happen either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I took a week-long break after a mud run and never got back to going to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. So, this week... We watched his house. We did watch his house. Damn it! This is... <laughs> this is my shit! I, I wanted to watch this so bad! <laughs> I'm so upset watch it, right I'm now. Say it. <laughs> I wanted to do all the things with it, and I now I can't. Okay, take two. This week we watched... I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, what year did it come out, Max? 2020. Indeedly-doo. Oh boy, and how fitting it is. I had been oh. really wanting to watch this movie. I um, I- I'll be honest, I had no idea what this was when I clicked on it. The first time, and then I watched it, and I was like, holy crap, this is the best horror movie of 2020 so far. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's the best horror movie I've seen for 
Spoilers, guys. We give a review at the end. Oh, shit, that's right. Uh, now people aren't going to listen to us. They only <laughs> listen to us to hear our opinions on this. Which is why we're always so dead on with our opinions and they never change. We always give an exact rating. And that's why we always get straight to the point. None of this hour and a half long exactly. podcast stuff. We accurately, accurately identify who's in the movie, what takes place in the movie. I actually have a lot to say about the actors when we get to that part. It's I because okay. I didn't actually recognize anybody offhand, but then I started doing some research and I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah. Um, I did not come up with a phobia. I'm sorry. Um, there probably was quite a few I could have. Um, most well, I mean, notably, even if you had come up with one, you're kind of skipping. I'm just letting you guys know. <laughs> just filling you in. I'm pretty sure Kitty's right. the only one who knows what order we do everything in, so. I apologize. I think yes. she changes it just slightly every time, and you <laughs> and I are too stupid bit. to remember. <laughs> That's not what this right. happens now. I said that so wrong. I'm so sorry for my syntax. <laughs> um. All right. So this is a 2020 movie. It is starring Wunmi Mosaku and Sope Dirisu. It does. I'm so glad I'm not saying those names. And. It was directed by Remy Weeks. The screenplay was also by Remy Weeks. And it's about a Sudanese couple who makes the journey to uh, England to... Defend be... England from the English. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Did we watch the same movie? <laughs> uh, but they um, are becoming refugees from Sudan. Yes, so... Part of what really did it for me in this movie was that there was a lot of supernatural horror, and there was also quite a bit of real-life horror. Yes. Yes. Like, this shit really happens in certain places of the world, and it's not great. And I'm and so it starts you glad I don't right off there. in the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really rough. Yeah, this is another one of those movies like... Um, um, like Predator, that like it doesn't have a whole lot of preamble. It just it gets right to it, and like obviously this movie is much better than Predator. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that they're similar in the sense that like there isn't like an opening crawl or like we don't get to know the characters. It just slams into this incredibly horrible scene. Yes. Um, if you hear like a latent pause on my end, it's because I'm drinking coffee or something. Um, <laughs> okay. Or eating your pork. But it's not ready yet. But um, <laughs> so, listeners, I am telecommuting to this podcast since COVID cases are up again, and we are just simply being precocious, precautious. I mean, and precocious, and precocious. really. <laughs> we are that too. Precociously precocious. <laughs> Precautiously precocious. Um, <laughs> I think mine's better. But anyway, uh, it's a good band name. <laughs> it really would be. <laughs> Nobody would be able to say it right. Nobody. <laughs> um, all right. So as far as actors and actresses go, we do have Woonmi Mosaku. I am. I apologize for my pronunciations ahead of time. I'm really sorry. Um, I'm not sure what language these names <laughs> come from. Turn it off. What? Turn it off. <laughs> oh, shit. Turn. Okay. <laughs> Turn the phone off. Turn the phone off. <laughs> uh, every week. 
there was one week where it didn't happen. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but that's like my running gag now, because I legitimately fucking forget to turn the damn ringer off, so. It really is. <laughs> um. It's funny, like, I never have mine on. Like, yeah. literally ever. But see. I don't even have it on vibrate. Like, if, if I don't have it on, I will not know anybody's trying to reach me. So. Um, Fair enough. Not that I like to be reached, anyway. but. I, I'm so sorry for my pronunciations of these names. Like, these, we have, um, actually, their movie names are a lot easier to pronounce than their actual names, but we have Wunmi Mosaku playing Rial. That's the wife in this relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I haven't seen this show called Luther, but she plays Catherine Halliday in Luther. Alongside oh, interesting. with, dare I say, I was gonna say that! <laughs> Oh, I'm so, oh. I'm so upset right now. Yes, with but, Idris okay. Elba. This t- I have to say, though, that I was saying that because I knew it ahead of time. I wasn't reading it. So I was just super excited that I knew something. Right. But you guys knew I was going to pick his house this week, and you still fucking said it anyway. So uh-huh. last week. <laughs> you were just last week tonight. ruining this experience for me. I was so proud. I found this movie. Um, so, yes, alongside Idris Elba, who was also amazing. So I really want to see if I can find Luther and watch it because it looks freaking awesome. It it's, was on Netflix for a while. Yeah, it's I've only seen a few episodes, but it's it's a little over the top at times, but it's pretty good. It's stressful for me. Mm. Why? Baking a cake is stressful for you. All shows are stressful for me. Like, all the time. I had to stop watching Handmaid's Tale because I couldn't handle it. I don't even know what that is. But I did find a horror <laughs> movie that you would like, Kitty. And I'll just tell you right up front, the dog lives. <laughs> <laughs> was it Mama? Because we already watched that one. No, we didn't. That's a good one. I mean, no, it was not. I meant. Uh, <laughs> it was Crawl, the one with the alligators. Uh, it was what? Crawl. 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 Okay. So. Crawl. 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 Uh, and then we have, I'm going to say, Sope Dirisu. Is that what you said? I believe so. Okay. He's playing Bowl, the husband. Um, he was, and still is, I think, Elliot Finch in Gangs of London. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, I think both of these actors and actresses did a lot of acting for this movie. Like, the confused English-speaking couple from Sudan, you know, they're in a different culture, in a different city. Like, I think they had to do a lot of make-believe for that. Yeah, um, I mean, <laughs> which is crazy because like they did such a good job. <laughs> they, yeah, like I'm 100 percent blown away, and they're both, and I don't mean this in the traditional sense, but they're both beautiful people because they're so incredibly expressive and they emote so much that it's so easy to get attached to them because their emotions are so readily like available and and so uh, what's the word I'm looking for relatable. Like they're everything that they feel, you can see it in their face, you can hear it in their voice. It's just it's amazing. Spoilers ahead. <laughs> oh, yeah. We stopped doing that a long time ago. We if did. you guys, if you listen to this show and don't know that we talk about the movies that we're talking about, then I don't know what to tell you. But this is a movie that I feel people could actually have something spoiled for them. Oh, yeah. Um, in it, just, and it is new. You're right. It's like, a new movie, yeah. So I'm a little bit worried about that. But I, um, yeah, I just wanted to say that because it's a really well done movie. So, all right. So I think you were about to move on to the guy that plays Soul. Uh, or Bull. Uh, I already did Bull. Um, 
Yeah. You already did him? Okay. I did. He is Elliot Finch in Gangs of London also, which actually looks like a really great uh, yes. show. Yes. 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 And that leads me to believe both of these hmm. people are actually British. Um, Every once in a while, um, I forgot her name already, the woman that plays Real. Um, she, um That's a hot name. Her her accent fades into a slightly British accent occasionally. Oh, does it? It does. I missed it because I was um, too scared. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the corner rocking back and forth. Yes, but With I couldn't look away. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so who were you about to, to move on to? Next up, we have Matt Smith. He was the only one yep. in this entire movie. I'm sorry, what? I said, yup. Okay. He was the only one that yep. I thought I recognized from something else. Um, what did I write down here? Oh, he was Parson Collins from Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. I, I haven't <laughs> actually seen that movie. Is that... And I actually forget what movie I saw him in that I was like, oh, that's him. But I do remember his face from something. Was it a Superman thing? Oh. Uh, I mean, he he was one of the doctors he, in Doctor Who. Right, right, right. That's it. Yep, that's it. Okay. I I thought that you researched it and you were just burying the lead, but you legitimately... I think that's probably what he's most well-known for, I would guess. Yeah. Yes, I... Yes, I showed his picture to somebody like, oh, it's Doctor Who. And I'm like, oh, shit, it is. So, yes, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, um, and finally... But certainly not least, my favorite lot of mask and prosthetic wearing actor slash stuntman, Javier Botet. Who is quickly becoming like our false idol at this point. I, like... I freaking love that guy. I was just talking to <laughs> Kitty and Victor today and I was like, I freaking love Javier. I was, this is a side note folks, but I was watching a movie. I even forget. Oh, it's called don't listen in English. It's called something else in Spanish though, but it was filmed in Spain and the main character thinks he's hearing ghosts on like radios and stuff. So he goes to a guy, an author who wrote a book about ghosts and he has him sign it. And just really to get in there and talk to him about what he thinks is happening and who is standing at the head of the line but an unmakeuped, unprosthetic Javier Botet getting his book signed? Aww. <laughs> it was so cool. <laughs> that is really cool. I was like, are you. Shut the front door. That is Javier Botet. He's, he is your Mike Flanagan. Like. <laughs> he, he is. He really is. <laughs> He's so cool. Like, he does all this stuff. And. Um. Okay, now, here's the other thing. Uh, the witch, I guess it's called the witch, the main creature in this movie. It was credited yeah. right. as Javier Botet and this other guy, Cornell John. And I was like, no way, that was Javier Botet in the suit. But I think they pulled a Darth Vader here. And I think Cornell John did mm. the voice for the witch. And Javier Botet did That the, would be my guess. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's it's pretty uncommon for the uh, the physical presence of a character to also be the voice. It does happen, most notably um, Gollum, Andy Serkis um, from Lord of the Rings. He did <laughs> right. both the ADR and the the physical motion capture, which is incredibly impressive. There, but there's um, probably yeah, somebody it's... we should talk about: Andy Serkis, R two D two, Gollum, whatever else. He's he's done so much stuff. <laughs> 
Yes. Uh, uh, Cornell John was the voice of the witch. Love Did us. you just say Andy Serkis played R2-D2? <laughs> Didn't he? <laughs> no. <laughs> was Kenny Baker was in the actual suit. Wait. And I, I don't know who and he played the voice i don't know. i think it was <laughs> wow. just a soundboard i don't know about that wait but no i don't think any circus had anything to do with r2d2 was he c3po then no no what the fuck i'm pretty sure that andy circus was like 10 whenever shit movies i swear out. i thought uh, man i like for 15 years now i thought like he did some star wars stuff back in the day hmm. he he might have done some of the stuff for like when they maybe when they re-recorded certain aspects of the original trilogy or the prequels um oh. but i not that i know of it doesn't uh, matter now i was not just that wrong, head at least so i'm not too okay. proud to admit well, i'm uh, wrong he was he was actually 13 when huh. they came out even better i mean he's a super small guy so he would have been super small at 13 to fit into that r2d2 <laughs> You're not, I mean... You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> but I'm wrong. <laughs> you're wrong about that aspect of it. <laughs> um, well, I'm so sorry. Sometimes... Oh, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Pause. He was in The Last Jedi. <gasps> oh, okay. <laughs> what, what did he do in The yeah, Last Jedi? Yeah, what was he in The Last Jedi? <laughs> Hold on. Was he The Last Jedi? <laughs> I wasn't on IMDb. Hold on. I'm waiting with so much trepidation right now. I'm about to be vindicated. <laughs> Why is it not giving me a straight answer? <laughs> Andy Serkis was on set and was accidentally recorded <laughs> in the background of one scene. Yeah, in one of the director of photography's pictures, you can see him walking by in the background. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to go through his filmography in order to find it because... Nothing can be easy in my life. Sorry, that was dramatic. <laughs> Star Wars The Last Jedi. He was Snoke? Oh, Jesus. That does make sense. I have no He's idea got what that, that is. Ridiculous. It's not important he at all. He was actually... But... He was just the voice. Yeah. Because he's got that crazy voice. So he was in Star Wars, but not the way I thought he had been. Yeah. No. And that's okay. It's okay. Here's a fun anecdote. Um, anyway, getting back to the movie that we are talking about, um, 17 years later, (laughs) so yes, that opening scene, uh, I mean, all of it is rough and it sets the stage and it gives you an idea for the, the tone that this movie is going to carry and it does not disappoint and it does not let up from that tone this entire way through. Yeah, it, it keeps you wound up to a pretty high key and then it lets you relax just a little bit and then it winds you up just a little more (laughs) yeah yeah and it it, like it starts off with them um so we watched the first like 20 minutes of this movie like four weeks ago um (laughs) and then never got back to it until last night but Mm. does it start with them in sudan or does it start with them on the ocean um, my memory is it started with them on the ocean. That's what I thought. Uh, yeah, so I don't think we see the at... Sudan stuff until later on. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I think I remember in the beginning they said something about their about their daughter, and I was like, I, didn't, I don't remember seeing 
anybody with them, like <laughs> a child with them. And it was just because I couldn't focus on what was going on in mm. the ocean because it was so dark and like bouncy. Well, you don't really learn that in the beginning. Like even like when she goes to the doctors and she's like, I lost my child and like this and that. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Or well, she didn't say that actually. Um, but never mind. You don't. Yeah. You're not really shown that Nyagak was gone until or yeah. like the circumstances till later. Yeah. But um, they get to London and they actually I don't think it was London because at one point, at one point Bull says, "Is this London?" or or maybe it was Real. One of the two of them said, "Is this London?" and whoever they were talking to was like. Sure, why not? And like, <laughs> um, but anyway, they uh, they get to England and they're going through the refugee process. And um, I can't remember; it was in a like absurdly small amount of money. Um, that it they was were... like seventy four pounds a week or something like that. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Which now and if, for them to, if you only had to buy food. And some screws and stuff like that. Maybe, like, that's a hundred something dollars in actual money. Yeah. Um, you could probably make it work if all of your other utilities were taken care of. Exactly. Maybe. If you don't pay rent, if you don't pay utilities, none of that stuff. Like, when I don't think they did. No. Yeah, I don't know. But, so, I mean, I mean it is a pittance, but survivable. But, like, right from the get go, like, you are. <sighs> you start to pity these these characters and you empathize with them because like they're they're given what at first you're like this is a, a disgusting home like there's there's trash there like no one's put any effort into cleaning this place up for these people who are supposed to move in like they have put the literally they've done the least they possibly could for these people in this situation and they're thrilled because they have an entire house that they get to live in and like at first like they're both they're relieved and they're they're in this what to them is like a, a very large home that like normally they wouldn't have access to something like that not personally at least and it's you know it's just weird because at first you're like like oh man this is a disgusting house and then they're like they start talking about it and they talk about how how big it is and how lucky they are and like you start to realize just how awful their situation was yes and one of my first complaints was like they weren't allowed to supplement their income yeah, and I'm sure like they weren't allowed to work at all. Right, and I, I'm sure maybe that law was there in case somebody got into the refugee program and was like, "Oh, I'm going to sell drugs now" or something. I don't know, but I thought that was kind of bullshit. Like, you know, you can go bag groceries or something for a couple extra bucks or yeah. pounds, whatever. Like, I, you would think, yeah. I don't really don't see the I'm, harm in that, but I'm guessing that it's because of the type of visa that they were on, like being on a refugee visa versus being on a working visa. Like, there's probably it's probably literally just a semantics thing, like <laughs> semantics thing. Oh um, yeah, like uh, literally, like the way it's worded in the law. Um, yeah. So they got to their apartment, and we were saying, I was saying about well, how. Before that, they had their um, they had their meeting with the government folks. Yeah, and that leads me to my next note, and we'll just get it out of the way now, and I don't have to talk about it again. But like these government assholes, like I understand what they're doing is like it's charitable. It is, um, it's a kind thing to do. But all of these people, like, act like they couldn't give less of a shit. Um, yeah. 
I'm sure I, it gets monotonous, but like these are still human beings. Yes. And like, you know, the people that were interviewing them, the people that drove them in the bus, you know, they're like, where are we going? And like, they didn't even say hello, not a fucking word to them, just drove them wherever. Like, that's ridiculous. That's not how you treat people. Mm-mm. Yeah. And, and I. I, I Go ahead. I, well, my other thought was, you know, like these people have come from a bad place. Um, literally, you could walk outside and you might just catch a bullet for no reason other than you were on the wrong tribal side or whatever. Um, and none of these people in this government have ever had to live like that. So maybe they can't appreciate that. I don't yeah. know. But, but like, you and I can appreciate it after watching a fictional movie. Like, yeah, I certainly do. I mean, I've seen a lot of other movies you know, documentaries and stuff. And, uh, I'm certainly glad to live where we do, um, wherever that is. And yeah, like not Detroit. I I think they might have written it into the movie (laughs) like this. Like these people are like, eh, you know, this is very systematic. This is very by the book. This is what we do. This is the, the grind. But like, I don't know. You treat people with humanity. I think that was also like a, a yeah. something they were trying to put in this movie is like they came to London where it's more civilized and less dangerous, but like they still have like this emotional like you know, gap that sometimes like this some parts of it aren't that much better, you know. Um yeah, I mean uh, so I got the feeling that um, this was obviously specifically, obviously it was directed this way, um, but it's made, it's made to really drive home this this disparity between these people who have suffered so much, and they come over here, and their their suffering is completely belittled. Their suffering suffering is is completely looked past. Like they have no sympathy from these people because they're just. They're just a number on a board. They're a, you know, a statistic on a sheet or whatever. And then like, that's this feeling of being marginalized in, in this area that's supposed to help you. And there's a a whole lot of political stuff that we could get in here that I don't really care to get into, but like just the feeling of helplessness and the feeling of being so small by these people who are supposed to be trying to help you, um, who are supposed to be trying to help you, but they're really not very caring they're pretty dispassionate about it and that's they're doing it but they're very apathetic about it yeah they just don't care <laughs> except for and the church guy yeah he seemed like he was like i, I thought something bad was gonna happen he's like you one of those I, refugees <laughs> i thought so too that's like oh here comes a hate crime um, <laughs> <laughs> oh god here comes the hate crime <laughs> right on but, time nope he gave a box of what we would call sundries but you know what yeah would be very valuable for someone who has literally nothing. So literally nothing. Yeah. And then he starts singing that song. And I, I, again, like I was like, I was on edge and that's the, that it props to this movie for putting me on edge and the pacing of this movie and the, the, that feeling of dread. And those are the two things that in horror movies I really need. And it does this so well that like, I had that feeling of dread where I was like, something bad's going to happen. It hasn't happened for a couple of minutes. I'm scared. Something bad's going to happen. Then he gets called in there and I'm like, Oh God, he's going to get beaten up. Okay. No, he's giving a box of food. Cool. Oh no, he's singing the wrong song. He's going to get beaten up. Oh no, they're singing along. It's okay. (laughs) 
it was this little roller coaster and i was like okay it's okay and then she goes out and she gets the opposite treatment where she gets treated like complete garbage well we'll and get there that's that's way further that is that's, oh. yeah that's my later. my bad my bad we're jumping way ahead. way further um so they get there the first night and uh they the first night goes without incident um i next- think just in the in the very early morning of the next day somebody says a the wall says a word. I think that's it. I think that's all that happened the first night. And the next morning she finds the doll or did she bring that with her? I think she found it. I don't remember. I'll be honest. I'm not sure. Like, it's a very confusing movie sometimes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah they like play I play with reality a lot. I don't know if that was like something that was on her or if that was something. Because like, she pulls off the beads from around the bottom of the doll's dress and ties them around her neck as a necklace but, but she also had the doll i thought because i thought he burned the doll he tried to or something you guys are skipping way ahead I'm that's sorry. not for I'm a sorry. while we did yes um <clears throat> i'm trying to remember what happens after that i think that's when he he goes out then um to buy some things some screws for the door because it's not ah uh, yes <laughs> yes <laughs> And he comes back and he starts working on the house. And I guess she's asleep upstairs or something. I don't know. Um, And that's when he starts doing work on the house. And he cuts the hole or there's already the hole. Like, he's trying to get the electricity to to work again. Which I guess he does eventually. Eventually. Um, I thought the electricity was working before that. No. The first night they were in the house, they had candles lit. I thought there was at least some lights that were working because when that when he starts actually working on the house, that's when he he goes over to the wall yeah. and he reaches into it and grabs that like he just starts yanking on that. Not yet. That's not yet. That's, that's later. second or third night, I think. But those okay. those first lights you saw were just well thought out twinkles. So. <laughs> um. Thank you. But, but he does he does go in and he breaches into the wall and he's like laying kind of on the floor oh, and right, right, right. he like pushes up off the floor for a second and the witch is behind him and just goes like behind his head. And it was super fucking creepy. Like that's the first time that you see like the ghosts in the house. El ghosties. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was Spanish, but I thought it was a little girl. Well, I think the witch just kind of refers to all of the entities that like it does. Um, Oh, I thought that they said it was like summoning ghosts to the house. Oh, maybe. Well, it was doing that, too. Um, But yeah, I I found out the second time I watched it, the mask child was Nyagak. Yeah. Yeah. Not Princess Mononoke. No. I still don't understand that movie either. Um, <laughs> there's a lot going on there. There is a lot going on. I remember there's a deer and it got its head shot off and giant goop came out of it. I don't know. But um <laughs> but um <sighs> I'm trying to remember after that it, he you see it in pretty rapid succession. Um, there's the, the thing behind him, and I don't think that was supposed to be Nyagak. I think that was supposed to be something else. 
The witch. Because I didn't see... The thing behind him? Yeah, whenever he was, like, leaning down on the floor, whenever he was reaching into the wall. Because, obviously, I expected something to, like, reach out of the darkness and grab a hold of his hand or something. But that didn't end up happening. Um, he, Thankfully. He leaned up and and we saw it and he heard it and he turned around and then he stood up and I think he turns back around and looks at the, at the hole in the wall and there's the masked... Like, there's Niagak in the mask in the wall. Yes. And it was somewhat before this point. I thought it was going to be a movie, like, they moved into this house and, like, some weird person was living in the walls. I thought that might be the yeah. case. I also thought that, like, the the people that lived there before them had put some sort of curse on it. And maybe even, like, several families ago because... They kind of built that up in the beginning whenever they were in there and they said, like, this whole house is for us and, like, that kind of a thing. Um, And I think uh, Matt Smith's character makes a comment that, like, most of the other houses have, like, a couple of families living in them or something or have, like, like a number of people living in them. Um, And so... (laughs) Then uh, she scampers kind of through the wall and you kind of see her pass by like one of the other holes in the wall. Um, And I think he tries to reach in and grab her, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, I think so. Is that when he grabs the rope? Or what looks like a cable, a television cable, and he starts pulling it out? I get, um, Vic is showing me the 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 screen of the the movie and there was a subtitle directly over top of <laughs> where the entity is. Oh, and I may not have seen that then because I use subtitles too. I guess it is her. It's hard to see because I'm almost positive it is. It like it it has the subtitle directly over top of her face on on his phone. But I guess it is uh, Niagak. Um, but she. Is like she's like scampering through the walls, and I think he tries to reach in and grab a hold of her. And then I think at that point, Rial like comes into the room or something, and he like pretends that nothing was happening or something along those lines. Loudest fucking car of all time. Then that's I th- believe that's when he he goes out. Then, um, and that's the point where he he meets the. Uh, the church guy. The church warden. Mm-hmm. That we learn nothing about afterwards. Yeah, like, he goes into the church and he gives him, like, toiletries and, like, some snack food or something. I don't know. And then... In London, t- they're called biscuits. Hmm. That's what they call cookies, yes. Yeah. And English breakfast. breakfast tea is just breakfast tea. Yes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and according to Bob's Burgers... English muffins are just muffins. And then they go into the bar and <laughs> like it's just kind of an awkward thing. And then he gets back home and Rial's kind of like, where you been? And <laughs> he's telling her this story about how he went to this bar and all these things. And she's just like, okay, great. That's actually kind of cute. Like she's, she's talking to him about his day and he's, he's, he's telling her about his day and she's, I guess she was serious, but it kind of seemed like maybe she was joking with him because like, he was singing about, I don't know, the, the sports 
thing that they were referring to, but she was asking about the the person that they were singing about, and she was like, "It doesn't sound like a very good person at all." And like, I don't know, it almost seemed like a, a like everything was going to be okay kind of thing. It um, did, um, but honestly, kind of somewhere around this point, I started to take issue with her. Like, I understand her stance and why she's not like into this, like living here. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like she didn't do much at all to make the house theirs you know like they were living in it i think i don't know me trying to think of it as if if it were me um i think that my trauma response would kick in pretty hard at this point because i wouldn't be actively fleeing for my life anymore and i honestly don't know that i would even get out of bed like (laughs) let alone try and decorate right well, Plus, I, well, I guess she did do a lot of sleeping, so... She, she did. did, and they did, like, the. I believe the two of them kind of went through and cleaned out all the trash and everything. She, um, th- there is a part at the end that kind of... We'll talk about it then. Okay. Yeah, um, I think it was written in that... Well, obviously it was written in that way that she was, like, not into it, but then... Yeah. Yeah. And I think they both had to get past their demons. I, I mean, not to mention, like, survivor's guilt. Like, yeah. Like, you would feel awful because you were two people out of a ship of what 30 that made it there and who knows how many more were actually able to get there like yeah that's a terrible feeling you would whether intentionally or not you would internalize that guilt because you made it and like why should you have made it not them like that's the the basic uh description of survivor's guilt is that you feel guilty for being someone who made it when so many others didn't and even getting out of their country and surviving that, mm-hmm. like, well, just, there's some other guilt there. Yeah. yeah, there would be, there would just be so much trauma. Like, there would be, like, it would be hard to process. Plus, like, the house that they're in, the way that they talk about it, it sounds like it was better than where they had been living. So there wouldn't be that. I don't know that I would feel that sort of urgency to clean and decorate (laughs) like there'd be some pretty serious decompression would take place plus with 74 dollars a week or a month or whatever they were getting you don't really have the money to like make the house look cute so (laughs) right um I i mean i don't know about that i don't know I'm not going to speculate on exchange rates and stuff, but that might have been a, a lot of money to them. Like, a lot more money than... But it still spends the same way in England. Like, if they were taking it back to Sudan, maybe, but if they, like, $74 spends the same way in England, regardless of where you originate from, so... Yeah, but if you're using... If you're used to using, like, everything... Like, you'd be... You would be excited about discounted items that we would pass over because there's something slightly better. Like, okay. you would be willing to buy you know, a discounted toothbrush because it's new and in a package. I don't know. I'm making a lot of assumptions here and I apologize if any of this is offensive. I just, I'm going off of what I, my basic understanding, but yes, they are. um, They seem like they're happy and it just, they're, they're getting there and she's kind of having a little bit of a hard time, but at least they're talking and like they're, they're having a conversation that isn't about something terrible. And it's the first time they've really had a conversation where things don't feel quite so rough. And it was it was just nice for a couple minutes. I it seemed to me, and maybe I was just reading it wrong, that she was kind of jealous that he got out and went and 
No, I think that's fair. Did these things. Um, and she got to go to the doctor. Well, then, then the next thing that she says is maybe I'll go out tomorrow. Right. Uh, yeah. And so I'm thinking that, that maybe it just like, she was a little bit jealous of him having some form of fun and normalcy for a minute. And she was like stuck at the house, which I don't understand why they couldn't both leave at the same time. Like that didn't make sense to me. She goes out. Well, the next day, I think they both go out. She goes to the market and. Does she? I thought the first time that she left was when she went to the hospital or the doctor the doctor i think she did both in the same day i think she went to the doctor and then after that she went to the market but on her way to the doctor she gets lost because the little map that they drew was not very good and also i think that things were playing tricks on her mind maybe and it was written in british <laughs> it was too words yeah it was church like... street <laughs> It was like uh, the the worst, most basic map you'd get from an RPG, and be like, "The hell is this?" Yeah. Like, you have to explore more of the area to understand yeah. what's here. And it was like, no. But she, at this juncture, like, was her walk about through the alleyways around the apartment buildings? Like, was there something weird going on there? Like, I was oh, crazy. Yeah. There okay. was definitely something weird because she gets to the end, and that little boy with the weird bowl cut is kicking a soccer ball against the wall and there's a gate that she can't get through and she She didn't even try to open that gate by the way no she She turns around and starts to walk back and she makes a couple of turns and there's the same kid on a different wall kicking a soccer ball okay that's what i thought Yeah. yeah yeah it's definitely made to seem like whether it is just her anxiety making her feel like this is a a labyrinth or whether it is actually some kind of like <laughs> legitimate warp of reality that's going on because of these demonic forces um or it was just twins forces. playing with two different soccer balls <laughs> 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 practicing the kicks um, but yeah it definitely it definitely felt weird like that whole thing like i started to be like oh, this is getting really trippy and i'm getting excited and like not that I wasn't before then, I was, but, like, I like whenever there's multiple layers to something, like, the psychological layer of, like, wondering if this is in her head or if it's, you know. But, yeah. Then, unfortunately, she finds the most douchebaggiest group of douchebags. Yeah. And yeah. she... There's, like, a look in her eye for a second where where she is, like, oh, like... I'm going to go talk to these boys and they kind of look like me. They live here. Maybe they're like, she kind of has this look on her face, like maybe they're refugees too, or something along those lines. And she goes up and asks about (laughs) church street and with her accent, it doesn't sound like she's saying church street and they start making fun of her Mm. and tell her her three stooges directions. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's over here. No, maybe it's over there. No, you actually have to turn like, it's like the, (laughs) The one of us only tells the truth and one of us only tells a lie doors. Like, right. and. Um, Except all three of them were assholes. They were all assholes. Okay, but who in their right minds, and maybe she wasn't, approaches a group of 13 to 14 year old children? 
someone who's just been walking around a courtyard of a hotel or a uh, like a Apartment development complex. Yeah, they are the scariest and most dangerous people on earth. They Why are. Anybody would approach them for any reason is beyond me. They'll make fun of you for nothing. Like, but culturally, it may be different. Like it, like where she's from, culturally, like children may actually respect people that are older than them instead of maybe being total pricks. But also, I kind of chalk it up to, like I said, her walking around. Like who knows? Maybe like maybe for her, like in actual reality, like in real time, it was only like ten, fifteen minutes. But to her, it might have felt like five hours that she was walking around all those different walls and like getting stuck in that maze and trying to find her way out. So she might have been kind of desperate at that point. And. They don't really help her at all and tell her to go back to Africa. Yes. Yep. Yep. <sighs> and we don't even get to see them die. Like, in, in movies like this, they make you hate certain characters so that you don't feel as bad when they die. And I didn't even get to see them get murdered. I thought, I thought that you, you were saying that they did die and you knew that as a fact, no. but we didn't get to see it happen. No, just like... <laughs> Just keep that in mind, viewer, listener, both viewer and listener. Um, <laughs> Look, listen. But, like, if you watch a horror movie, if you're any movie, and all of a sudden there's a character that start, starts acting, like, unreasonably dickish, there's, like, a 90% chance they're going to be dead within 20 minutes. <laughs> like uh, Tommy or whatever his name was in um, Scary Stories. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, we, we hated him so that when he died a horrible death that we'd be like wow he got what he deserved uh you wonder why i don't like game of thrones that's why because all the people (laughs) i liked got executed and all the people i freaking hated got to continue on so yeah that's the basic good writing in my opinion (laughs) (laughs) um so she goes to the doctor and is I, th- I guess they just have to get like physicals or something yeah um, like a, I'm guessing like a wellness check just to confirm that they're you know well <laughs> well well okay um well my <laughs> next note uh yeah she goes to the doctor lady <clears throat> and I guess it's kind of the doctor lady's fault but commenting on her scars um, her, she made a lot of really inappropriate comments and assumptions. She did. I also thought she was really pretty. Um, I'm that person. I make inappropriate comments about things, and I don't mean <laughs> to do it in a way that, like, I'm trying to be an asshole. It's just I don't thrive in silence, and I generally need to continue the conversation, so I just talk about whatever I can. <laughs> so have you not only traveling recently? Oh, I guess you have. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, no. Like, that's basically the level of, of awkwardness <laughs> and tact that this girl had in her conversations with her. Like, uh, oh, my. Oh, uh, what are those scars on your face? <laughs> what are those scars on your face are pretty. <laughs> Well, I made these ones when I found my entire family murdered. Oh, okay. (laughs) Thank you for filling that silence for me. My daughter died in the ocean. (laughs) I mean, like, bless her for being honest, but at the same time, like, she doesn't really do her fair share of making it less awkward. (laughs) 
No. <laughs> I mean, she just came with a came from a really terrible experience, so she's probably a little jaded at that point. But yeah, and I love how she says that, and like the nurse, doctor, whatever she is, just kind of like smiles and sort of looks at the floor. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the only appropriate response in a situation that incredibly awkward. Oh no. So at, at this juncture, my notes are out of order, and I'm not sure where they belong. Um, kind of like the movie. Kind of. Yeah. I forgot to take notes after he reached into the wall. Wow. Okay. Well, I got plenty of notes, but we have to figure out where they go. So, um, I also have written here, there was a a lights out moment too. Oh. So this was, uh, she, she went out and, um, went to the market after she went to the doctors and then she came home and, she made like this big meal for uh Ball. Bull. Ball, I thought his name was. And I thought it was Bull. Oh. She pronounced it Ball, which I thought ball. was weird because I believe that's the ball. name of a demon. Ball is, but that's B A A L. Yeah. Oh. Um and so she she makes this big meal and he comes in and he gets all excited about it and he hands her cutlery to use with it mm-hmm. and <laughs> what you do bless her again she she goes so she takes a bite of her food using the fork instead of using her hands and she's like all i can taste is the metal mm. and that would be a huge adjustment like after never using utensils before and he says you'll get used to it like he has a lot more time with it than she does but like does he really? He went to one restaurant and suddenly he's an expert. <laughs> right. <laughs> You'll get used to it. <laughs> I, I picked up chopsticks pretty quick. I mean, <laughs> but, I don't know. I think she, he meant the flavor of mm-hmm. the, the like metallic flavor of using. It was after she said it. Wear. All I can taste is the metal, and it's again like there's a lot of really really great subtle writing in this that is. It's not only just like layered, but also like. Imagine something that we take so for granted, like silverware, um, which isn't made of silver anymore, so we shouldn't call it that. Cutlery. Or so ironware. <laughs> ironware. Ironware. Stainless um, steelware. Yes. And, like, uh, imagine, you know, it's something we have every day that we take so for granted that, like, for somebody else, like, it's a weird adjustment. Like, it's, and that's a, a you know, a minor luxury. Like, that's crazy. And it's just. Okay. Okay. Um, let me stop you there. That's it. Is it on. a luxury or an <laughs> no. in, is it a luxury or an inconvenience? Here's what I'm saying. I, I don't think they couldn't have forks where they came from. I think they just ate with their hands because that was tradition. Um, I, I, I'd be willing to think if you drop me naked in the woods, I could fashion a fork or a spoon or something to eat with if I had to. Um, <laughs> terribly I mean, difficult. You are right. I mean, I am. I have only ever traveled. A few steps out of my door, and even then, I, I fight vehemently not to learn anything about anyone. So there's a good <laughs> chance that I don't know what I'm talking about. But we know nothing about Sudan, so maybe we should not talk on that. Let's not anymore. <laughs> I, well, I, I honestly do not accept that conditions there are sometimes horrible. Not great. Yeah. Yes. Um, um. But whenever he gets home, I don't know if we even know where he was that day. But whenever he gets home, he's like, sorry, I lost track of time. Mm -hmm. 
And he had been gone for like hours and hours and hours. And she had left and come back since he had left. And like, I don't, do, do we know where he went? So I think you might have, I think you might have been conflating the two scenes. I don't believe that he goes to the mini mart and buys some things until the second time that he goes out when she goes out. I believe the first time he just goes to, uh, he went to buy something, but I think he needed additional stuff. Might might have been tools or something that he bought. I know. Or... At one point, he buys the hammer and stuff. <laughs> yeah. He bought that, Why, sir, because he had groceries in his hand when the church guy said, "Come here, I have something for you." Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. He went to buy groceries. Um, but I don't know where he was the second day because then that that second night, he comes downstairs, and the the. Uh, wallpaper just kind of like sloughs off the wall. Oh, it's bad. Yeah. And there's that big hole in the moldy spot behind yeah. the wallpaper. Yeah. And I think this is what Vic was thinking about whenever because that's the part where he goes over and he can't get the light to turn off. Yeah. And he reaches into the wall and he pulls on a, a cable and he starts pulling it out like yeah. hand over hand. And then it turns into, like, a rope, and then it has seaweed attached to it. Yeah. And then there's a little doll there, and it's the same doll that they had previously thrown out, I think. Like, she had taken the beads off of it to wear as a necklace and then thrown the doll away. And then... And then... The doll's attached to it. And these hands just come out of the wall and snatch it back inside. <gasps> they do. I was actually going to say, we need to get to like the horror parts of this, because that's what we're supposed to talk yeah. about. <laughs> <laughs> and this is when things get really, really awful. Uh-huh. Because it takes about they... 18 minutes to get to this part in the actual movie. And once it gets yeah. to that part, it's all uphill or downhill, however you want to look at it. The optimist way. Yeah. From a horror <laughs> perspective, like horror. it is uphill. Yeah. <laughs> but from a horror perspective, it is downhill. Oh my god. And while he was <laughs> pulling that, that rope out of the wall, the witch is like creeping up slowly him. shambling up behind him <laughs> like and, and you don't see it you just see like a blurred yeah. shape behind him you don't see like yeah. actual and definition just real, there. real occasional you get to see those bright little eyes mm-hmm. like there's a lot of aspects of this movie that um kind of reminded me and let me explain that kind of reminded me of the game fear because in fear there were certain times where it would somewhat obnoxiously grab the camera and force you to look at whatever was scary. But there was other times where the lights would flash and uh, you'd hear scary music and there would be a cue and you might see a shadow, you might see nothing. And like, you knew something was happening, but you didn't know where and you'd look around and you might just catch the tail end of something happening. Ew. And like, you might see somebody's ankle recede into a doorway or something or, and you knew that if you had been looking in the right direction, you could have seen more. And like, Ugh. that's kind of some of the effects of this movie that like, there are times where things happen and you might not see them because they're really subtle. But if you go back and watch it again, you can see that there's constantly there's faces in the walls. There are shapes in the background. There are multiple different, um, we watched a lot, of, a lot of times we watched the subtitles on because we keep the audio a little lower. And there are a lot of times where if you don't have those on, you won't hear some of the words that they're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's uh, there's multiple points where there's 
words emanating from the different holes in the walls yeah. and there's just there's so many layers to this it's so creepy but that's when things get really bad because that's when like the room well first of all she attacks him um and she's i thought that was when she attacked him but i could i could have sworn that she turns the light on then well so whenever he was pulling the cable out he turned the light off obviously right like yeah cabling out of the wall and um he hears that that's when he hears walking behind him i I have a note about that standing in the kitchen or in in like the i guess in the living room um because it, it was like there was like this through way between the kitchen and the living room and yeah right here um, it is i have i hate those phantom footsteps i hate them yeah God, they're mm. off. and you you see something in in like the far room and then he's like standing there and then she like creepily like hunkered over kind of like through the hallway in front of him it, it is the most unsettled like my stomach flipped mm. when it happened i don't know what it like it was the way she was walking or what it was but it was so uncomfortable because ghosts can't just yeah away. props like fuck. <laughs> it's either really slow and shambling rocking back side to side or it's running on all fours or crab walking into the room <laughs> see i know i'd love to have or a british ghost Demon's in my house that just like Walks around normal, and like I see him in the kitchen, he's like, "Oh, jolly righto, just having a spot of tea, governor." You know, I'd be like, "This is a cool ghost. I like this." One. You know, like... <laughs> I yeah. think I'll keep him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. I used up all the Someone... sugar. Hope you don't mind. <laughs> that was kind of Australian. Someone tuning, but... tuning your piano in the background as you walk through, and you're like, "Wait a minute, I didn't hire a piano tuner." And he's like, "Ah, oh, you got me." <laughs> Need to tune 100 pianos before I can move on to the heavens. <laughs> Will you buy me 500 more pianos? <laughs> uh, I'll try. They have to be keyboards, though. <laughs> 99 more pianos. But I, I think that's the point where she attacks him and he starts, like, freaking the fuck out. Which, I mean, I would, too. And she, like, crawls up on him and stuff? Like, yeah. God damn. And then... All of a sudden, the lights come back on and everything's normal. Is he this turns, the lights out note that I made? I It might be. I think it is, but I feel like we're confusing scenes. Because I'm pretty sure he fixes the electricity the next night. I'm pretty sure the first night she attacks him with a knife. Because she's like across the room and like does fucking shadow meld. And then, I think he might have had a flashlight at that point. Or something. And then he rolls away and she comes leaping back at him and stabs the knife in between his legs. Like right where his leg slash crotch area was a second before like she slams it into the floor and like he sees her face and she like looks at him close up and then like scurries back into the shadows into the wall and that's when he watches her like run through the wall and like sees her in different holes as she's moving across the wall it's the next night i think that he fixes the electricity and that's when like the room fills with ghosts and they're all like attacking him and holding him and for some reason she turns the lights on and all the ghosts disappear and he's like looking at her and for a second I was like, oh, like she's, she is attached to them, but she's like a good ghost. Like she's like the one that's fighting for them, but she's not. And then she turns the light back yeah. off. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they, um, the ghosts all surround him. They like swarm on him. Yeah, and she jumps on In his back him. with the knife. Eventually. And starts like pulling his head back and trying to cut his throat. And he's like reaching. Yeah. For the light switch, and he turns it back on, and that's when everything's back to normal. Yeah, and they're then, all gone. <clears throat> the next day is when he goes to the store and buys um, the hammer and uh, the box cutters and um, stuff for a fire and a whole bunch of stuff. And he comes home. <laughs> what? Listeners, I, I just want to apologize. I, I'm This review, this podcast, is rather confusing. It is really, but, but the, movie the movie is kind of confusing. It's confusing. <laughs> but so also, it's very difficult to keep track of what's happening when and exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, exactly. That's just the way the movie is. But I promise you, this is one of those movies. It's super confusing. But at the end, for the most part, they wrap it up in a nice, neat little ball and explain things to you. But it's you, still worth watching at least twice. Oh, my goodness, you, yes. <laughs> haven't watched it before you got to this point in the podcast stop what you're doing and go watch it right now because we're going to ruin a whole bunch of shit for you yeah we said spoilers I, I do suggest you go watch the movie first because it was excellent it's just exquisite oh, it is but anyway. it, yeah I mean spoiler for all of you out there but I feel like this one's going to get a rating right up there with mama <clears throat> he the next day he goes he goes to the store and he um, buys a hammer and box cutters and stuff to make a fire and he comes home and knocks out a bunch of walls. Um, well, no. He goes and talks to Matt Smith's character first and asks if they can move. Yeah. Okay, great. Because he I have had notes that on this horrifying too. experience the night before. And they're sitting there talking about it. And, like, Matt Smith's character is like, mm, well, uh, mm, I don't know. Like, we could move you, but that's going to be a big inconvenience for you. And you have a really nice house. And you're going to have to give us, like, a, a reason for why. And, like, everybody in the room is just staring at him, and they're, like, like, essentially the audacity of this bitch, like, asking for something else. And, um... Yeah, they even, like, Matt Smith makes a comment, he's like, it's bigger than my house, mate. And, like, the two guys behind him are like, yeah, bigger than my house, too. And, like, like, that's all that matters, like... And they say it in such a snarky way. Yeah. Like, Like, they say it in such a snarky way. (laughs) Yeah, you know, like oh, Where, you know, like the one your guy... house is bigger than mine, and it's like that's not the point. Yeah, like, even without all the ghosts and shit, like there's black mold, like there's vermin and shit. You know, like even without all the ghosts, yeah, <laughs> it's not a great house. It just it drives home even more this this feeling of like helplessness and how like they just they just don't matter in the eyes of these people. They don't matter in the eyes of these people that are supposed to be helping them, and then like it, it, it sucks. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love the, like the tension in that scene where he's like, "Is there, is there something going on? Like, you know, there's there's rats, okay, but like, is there something else?" And like, he's like trying to say that like he knows there's something else going on. Like, he's trying to get him to to admit to something more, like whether he thinks he's on drugs or whatever. And the whole time he's holding that glass and like he's just getting more and more upset and more and more like trying to bite his tongue and trying not to say that there's fucking ghosts there and they're fucking being haunted. And he knows how crazy that. Yeah. And it's so (laughs) like imagine like not being able to tell someone that you're 
being haunted and you're going to get killed by ghosts or demons or monsters but also knowing that let's that's like you that's all you want to say but it's going to make you sound crazy if you do and like he's oh man we take for granted a lot of times in movies where people don't tell each other the truth but they could like it's not going to cost them anything except for maybe somebody giving them some weird looks and like, oh, oh, oh see any ghosts lately and like picking on them. But they have the ability to actually say it versus in this situation, if he says, no, we're being fucking haunted, then they're going to be like, okay, mm, I guess we're deporting you. Like, yeah, <laughs> they don't have an option. And that's horrifying. Like not being able to express your concerns I mean, the whole movie just, it does this beautiful job of driving home this feeling of absolute and total powerlessness. Yeah. Where you're just... And a total lack of privilege, too. Like, it's horrifying. And... He breaks that glass. Yeah. He shatters it in his hand. His already hurt hand, because he had cut his hand on something. The wire, Um, I think. Yeah, in the house. And so... Then he, he's like, okay, well, if they're not going to do anything, then I guess I got to fucking do it myself. And he goes to the hardware store and buys all the shit and goes back home and knocks a bunch of fucking holes in the wall. Well, I think that's, I think he does that just after he gathers up all their stuff and says that it's haunted and they have to burn it. Anything that they brought with them, they have to burn. And there's the, that heartbreaking scene where she says, like, don't take it from me. Like, it's yeah. all I have of her. Don't take it. And you're just like, oh, yeah, I understand both their points of view. Like, I get it. But and... we skipped over something that I thought was a really great line. And I really, really appreciated um, the night that he gets dogpiled by all these different ghosts that want to murder him. And he turns on it like he fights through it and turns on the light. And then he tries to act normal whenever she comes out to talk to him. She says, so you've seen them too. Yeah. And it's just this really yeah. creepy line where like yeah. she knows what's up and she's known what's up for a while and like then I don't know that she saw all of them. I think she said so you've seen her too and I think she's only seen um, Oh, I thought she said yeah, them. Heck. But um it was was it before he burns the stuff or after that she tells him about the night witch? It that was whenever they were having dinner. Oh, okay. Um, so it was before. So they must have been having, they must have had at least some acknowledgement with each other about some of the weird things that were happening because she says about the Night Witch and like. I think that's how she introduces it. Like, she's like, my, like, my mother used to tell me this story about, um. Her father or uncle or something like that. <laughs> this, my uncle used to steal from people and one night he stole from a man down by the river and it turned out that he was <laughs> in a van. <laughs> Down by the river! (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't matter if you're getting haunted. (laughs) When you're living in a van. (laughs) Um. But she she says that uh, he steals from this person who lives by the river. And it turns out that they were a night witch. And the night witch came after him and haunted him. Yes. Until he returned what he had stolen or something. Repaid his debt or something yeah. like that. And it is a... I love lore. Especially, like, creature and monster lore in these movies. Like, I love that. And I love the little little touch where... Whether that was what happened or not. Whether it was the same occurrence or not. It doesn't matter. Like, they pepper in this 
this lore, this superstition, and like it's really cool and really creepy, and like I love that, and I love like movies that will will layer it in, and just because I'm I'm a sucker for any of that kind of cool creepy stuff, and like the idea of a night witch, and like I want to know more about that, and like it's just I really appreciated that, and I appreciate that they gave us just enough to be excited, but not enough to be like this is what's happening, like it was just a similar story about something really creepy and weird. Right. And I was going to say, I am somewhat open to the idea of a prequel to this movie about the night, Witch, kind of like they did with the nun, Ooh. but if they do it better, it'd be better. But if they do it better. Yeah. <laughs> like I imagine it being similar to, um, um, that story from scary stories to tell in the dark where the, um, the grave digger steals the, um, two half dollars, silver dollars off the corpse oh yeah um and then like he's at home like and he can't get comfortable and he can't sleep and he's like really restless and having terrible nightmares and then he wakes up and he hears the rattling tin can outside as this thing is outside rattling the can saying like um you took my big toe no no (laughs) (laughs) no it's something like because in in certain cultures there's this idea that you need to pay your way to get to the other side and if you don't have the ferryman yes if you don't have the 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 uh, currency if you don't have enough money if you don't have the the fee the requisite fee then you don't get to go across so taking these silver dollars off someone's eyes is a horrible horrible thing to do yeah and it is absolutely warranting someone coming back to haunt you to get what they need to repay this debt um well, but the anyway. Egyptians have tons of stuff like, well, the old ancient Egyptians did. Yes. You know, the uh-huh. pharaohs were buried with their vast fortune, and there was supposed to be all these curses on them that would keep people from stealing it. And we don't know if there were or wasn't, because some weird shit has happened when people have gone to get that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just yep. saying. Yep. Anyway, we're getting way off topic. But way off topic. This movie, I just, I love some of the background that they worked in this movie. This movie is just great with that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, shit is getting weird and getting real. <laughs> I, I, we're probably going to skip it. So I just want to, I want to mention it, but like, I fucking love the scene and I don't remember exactly where it's at, where he goes outside without a shirt on and he's terrified and that creepy old lady is looking at him and he just sort of like strikes a more nonchalant pose and sort of smiles at her. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. One of my favorite scenes is when there's, um, the little old lady is walking across the parking lot. Nuriel <laughs> goes, "Look, it's their queen." <laughs> <laughs> and somebody was like, "I wonder where Prince Harry is." Like, I <laughs> just <laughs> and like they're kind of joking and letting. It was like one of the only moments of levity in this yeah. movie. Yeah. But um, so he burns everything, and then they end up having more issues go figure Mm. the doll shows back up somewhere um or the necklace does the necklace does Rial like goes inside and um her necklace is hanging up somewhere no the hand no 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 gives it to her on the wall yeah it goes drops it out of the wall and that's when she looks up and there's like eyes looking through like every little hole that was Every, such an unsettling scene. Like, I hated that. Oh my god! And like some of them had their fingers poking through the sides to kind of pull down like a little bit of the, the material to sort of like look in a little bit. Which they couldn't move yeah. the wall, but still, like it's just oh, it was something that was fascinating and terrifying. Oh man! 
Oh my yep. god, that was awful. And, and it was just a split second. My other <laughs> note that I have here is like, I, I think it's cool that she's not afraid of all this happening. Yeah. Yeah. She's very, she very much feels like they deserve it. Yeah. And like she's very accepting of what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it, it, if you really, really believe that stuff and you believe this thing has that much power, like you don't really believe you can do anything. So <laughs> there isn't really isn't a whole lot of fight left in you, I guess. So after they burn everything, um, <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, uh, people show up to look at the apartment. Mm, they would do an inspection. To do an inspection. And, um, they walk in and see all the holes in the wall. <laughs> and he's just like, oh yeah, like I was, I was dealing with the rats. The rats. And, and he was like, there's some rats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And... <laughs> Riel comes in and she's like, did you tell them? And he's, they're like, tell us what? And she's like, there's a witch haunting us. Like, just so nonchalant about it. Like, mm. oh yeah, we're being haunted as fuck right now. <laughs> I, yeah. That kind of pissed me off. Like, she's kind of adds to my argument that she's not doing shit to like uh, make this better. I don't know. She doesn't want to make it better at this point. She wants to go I, home. She doesn't like, feel like they deserve it. So, but, and then and, one of the guys made an offhanded comment on their way back to the van, like she's wearing the bed sheet. Like that's not part of the criteria for kicking them out of the house and back to the van. <laughs> I don't think it was a bed sheet. I think it was her traditional clothing. Yeah, yeah, it's like a sarong or something. But that's what they said. And I'm like, that's just some racist shit there. Like, <laughs> yep, yeah, it like, really was. And I mean, we sound racist as fuck, but we're just ignorant. Like we right. just. I legitimately, so I legitimately don't If you know. legitimately have... I don't want to say legitimately right after you. It sounds like I'm stealing your word. Legitimately. If you concretely can give us information about this culture, I'm I'm interested. I might actually re- read it. If you send it to us at houndsofhorrorpod at gmail.com, yes. I may actually yes. read into it. I promise. Might. Um, but <laughs> Our email you know, address like, is houndsofhorrorpod at gmail.com. That's houndsofhorrorpod at gmail.com anyway indeed it is <laughs> indeed do not indeed not indeed don't go there um not anymore um but anyway um i love that he like he's still clinging to this idea that they can build this life he's still clinging to this idea after all of this terrible shit has happened um ball bal ball ball Bull, is still trying and he's like please let me fix it like l- l- let me fix it don't report it let me fix it like please and matt smith is like makes a unilateral decision and he's like you know, like okay like i'm willing to let you and the other guy's like what are you doing man like this isn't protocol and like he's like i'm, I'm willing to let you try to fix this and like i won't put it on the report like you know we can just see where this goes and then that's when she comes in and she's like did you tell him about the witch and that's when he's like well they're fucked <laughs> like yeah they're getting out yeah. of here and he's like begging, 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 and yeah. then as they're driving away, he makes that comment about sending them home and deporting them. And yeah. um, he, she makes a comment about like just completely emasculating him and being like, "What? You're just gonna like grovel to them and yeah. like?" She says something like, "You give them all the power," and yeah. the thing is, like, they in that situation they have a lot of power, and it's terrifying. And she says something about him wanting to be just like them. Oh, and, yeah. Because he had I gone to the... the problem is, he would see it as a gigantic 
waste. Like, everything would be in vain that they've been through to be sent back to Sudan. And I think that's the part she doesn't understand. Like, all this sacrifice, all these horrible things that have happened and that they've been a party to will be completely wasted if they don't make this work. Yeah, I mean, like Vic said earlier, I I can see both sides of it, though. Like, I could see feeling so insanely guilty that I just didn't want to be there anymore because I didn't think that I deserved to have a better life after the shit that I had done. And like, right. So, and I, I get that too. I, yeah. I do understand her side of it as well, but like, he's not wrong either. No, yeah. I, I honestly, like, I don't think there's any good way to deal with the, the emotions that come with everything that they've been through. Hmm. It's oh, they so hard. It. Um, um, also, I just want to mention, um, we skipped over it, but it was another one of the scenes that I, I really, really enjoyed because it was subtle. Well, let's creepy. take 15 minutes to hear about it. Okay, yes. Okay. So <laughs> we slowly fade in, establishing shot of the house. Then we go in through the doorway. No, um, she brings the groceries home and she's looking at the wall because it's the first time she's really starting to hear the voices. And there's that very unsettling crash sound that's her groceries falling over and then like a tangerine or something rolls across the floor and it stops right next to her and i was like oh i really thought it was gonna and then it keeps on rolling after it stops and it continues to roll and like it rolls into the wall and that's one yeah and then like it reaches down i think something reaches down and picks it up like i don't think she does it does it's creepy yeah. as hell and like it's she's just standing there kind of looking at it like oh i love that scene uh the there's one scene too that i like whenever he was out buying um no it was a little bit later uh mm-hmm. he was it later well why don't you figure out when it was okay. and then tell us about i don't it. remember when it was i think um, we should stop trying to figure out when we should happens. because it the movie is so jarring that yes. like it's so hard to keep track of when everything happens but he goes to buy new clothes and he goes into oh it was after he burned all of their shit oh um, that's right he goes to buy new clothes and he goes into the store and he's like walking past the security guard and again super subtle the security guard like has a, a beat yeah. on him and like is like following him very subtly in the background and again you expect something really horrible and racist to happen there aside from the fact that the security guard picked out the one black guy and is stalking him through the store but well, he was not dressed well either yeah no, he's <laughs> um, like dusty and i think he his hand was bandaged dusty, at that point bloody, yeah and, and like no shirt under his coat and like um he uh, goes over and he, he's looking at the clothes and he is like looking at the picture of the dude on the wall to buy himself new clothes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, oh, I just remembered the first day that he was gone, he went out to get a haircut. Yes. He went to the barbershop. That's, right. That's right. But anyway, uh, that was off topic again because we already got way past there mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and what was the thing that the old lady said to him at that one point 
that you were talking about whenever he comes out. I don't think it was whenever he came out without a shirt on. It was a different time. He comes it's out of the house the trash and out. she makes a comment about like, if you don't leave on your own, they're going to send you back anyway or something like that. Yeah. I think she says, why don't you go back? Something like that. Or like, why don't you go back before they send you back? Yeah. She's or... like, why don't you go back? Why don't you go back? She's like, you know, they're going to send you back anyway. They always do. Yeah. And like, yeah, it was just, it's creepy. Like there's just, like I said, there's so many, there's so many different layers of dread in this movie. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah. Why Britain also, like there's plenty of civilized countries between Sudan and Britain. Um, so it has a lot to do with where refugees are picked up. It also has a lot to do with um, like basic negotiations. From what I understand, I'm, not, I'm again no expert in political matters, but from what I understand, it depends on where they're picked up and who negotiates, like between certain countries, who's going to get certain like percentages of refugees. Um, Okie doke. I might be completely off on that. So again, write us at Hounds no of Horror Pod so. at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah. We get a letter from the British government. <laughs> That's not how this works. <laughs> I take two sugars in my tea, and this is how the emigra- immigration process works. <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite understanding either, because <laughs> there's, like, Sudan's on the west side of Africa, and England is more like to the east side i mean there's like a whole continent between them and sudan i think there's like the the mediterranean sea we are so far off topic well i mean it it does it is it's weird that they ended up there i don't know i don't know how it happened but they're maybe that's what they were trying for and they ended up on the british coast i don't know the mediterranean sea is in between africa and italy and spain and france and then there's like the Celtic Sea between um, France and the United Kingdom. So I just don't France. understand. Also, it sounds like when you started that sentence, it sounded like you said, Sudan is. <laughs> Sudan <laughs> is on the west side of Africa, just Dan. <laughs> um, I should anyway. also point out, like, I keep making fun of the British and their tea, but I also like tea, and I'm not British. I mean, I really I, like tea. I do as well, but I really need to drink more of it lately and less coffee, because... It's good for you. It's better mm-hmm. for you than it's, coffee. It's better for you. And Unless you load me. it up with a bunch of sugar, but... Yes. Which is what I do. Which is <laughs> what I do as well. Um, so, where were we? Where surprised are you don't we? put your fucking pick of jalapenos in it. Okay, can we just get to, like, the two main hallucinations on... Well, not hallucinations, I guess, but, like... The two main vision quests on both their parts. So, yes. He locks her in the house. Yeah, he gets real, like, unfortunately misguided about things. Won't let her leave. And then he gets sucked into a a vision, essentially. Yes, 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 yes. He was sitting at the table. Sorry, he sees I'm her sitting excited. at the table, is, and yeah, it's 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 really uh, good. awesome. It's, um, I, 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 it's awesome. So he sees her sitting at the table, and he goes over and he sits down, and they start talking. And 
have a little have a little tiff. A, a little bit. They do. And there's a whole thing with the knife. That's later. Oh, yep, okay. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, it is, but like that's what I'm saying. Like maybe we should just get to those parts because yes, it's like well, the next big okay. thing to happen. So they're sitting they're sitting at the table, and the he's he starts eating dinner and basically tells her like that she needs to shut up and not talk about things anymore because they're staying right where they are. Right. They're going to be and, a, they're going to start a family there and they're going to be there. Yeah. And he's like aggressively eating out of his bowl. <laughs> and all of a sudden the background essentially starts to fade away and then he's floating on a small piece of their floor on the ocean. Yeah. Yeah, it zooms out and then he's like eating he's eating dinner in the bombed out remains of what was once their kitchen and I there's think like he's cutting up his rice. That's what it looked like to me. <laughs> Cutting up his rice. He's, there was something yeah. really weird like going on there. Vigorously like, chopping in his bowl. Yeah, it was like cutting his rice. It was. It was something weird like that. Like it didn't make because like the way that he's moving makes it seem like there isn't as much resistance as there should be given the the action that he's taking. And it's just it's really weird. That's what I meant by aggressively. Yeah, eating. it's like just, it's, not <laughs> it's like he was trying to just, stab soup. I don't know. I but mean, like, that's how I eat normally. Like I grab my food <laughs> and then go in the corner and like anybody that gets close, I growl at him. Like, you need to fight it like it's still living on your plate. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, the first thing I noticed in that scene as they're zooming out, because um, it's it's a slow panning shot. Like, they they're, uh, they slowly zoom out and they expand outward and you see the line of broken wall around his very small um, kitchen wall. What's left of, of his kitchen there. But you see the water that's up to, like, above his ankles. And he's not noticing. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? And then, like, you he's see the rebar. fucking rice. <laughs> he's really busy, guys. We don't have time to notice <laughs> that the house is apparently flooded. Um, but, like, I love that there's, like, rebar sticking out of the walls. And, like, it's not just, it doesn't just cut away. Like, it, it's been ripped apart. And there's a yeah. small, little, little tiny aspect of his normalcy of his reality that he's desperately trying to cling to while he's literally in the middle of the goddamn ocean and he's trying his best to ignore it and pretend like everything's okay and it's not okay no. and the ghosts start creepily like coming up out of the water yeah yeah, like, yeah he doesn't realize like right below his feet there's like a corpse yeah there's yeah. like a, a shadow of a corpse like under the water there it reminded me um, a little bit of lord of the rings we're going to talk about that again um when they're walking through the the bogs yeah the the dead marshes or whatever yes don't follow the lights but you will make lights of your own um i loved the scene um, where just illuminated in the moonlight really quick like illuminated you can see them coming up out of the water like just yes. their heads and their upper torsos, they slowly break out of the water and they're slowly shambling towards them. Like, mm-hmm. and I think that oh. might be when he runs outside and and the the neighbor is standing out there. I don't remember, but I love that that whole thing is so well done. So that's the the first kind of vision that he gets sucked into, and then he gets sucked into another one that's relatively similar, where he's kind of arguing with the witch, like he's yelling at the witch, like "This is my house," and like yelling at it but then what is actually happening on the outside is he is like in a trance sitting on the couch and he gets stuck in that vision and then Rial comes downstairs and she's like this is my chance to escape and she (laughs) gets herself out of the house well well, hang on now i want to talk about the second vision that's what i wanted to talk about okay Hmm. i mean it's, it's the second half of it's similar to that but the mm-hmm. first half of it is like 
they're in a limitless darkness, you know, like yes. in the yeah. Sahara Desert or something. And there's a fire. And the witch is talking to him in that freaking voice. Oh, um, yeah. Cornell John, or whatever his name is. And mm. he's like, I, I forget what he says, but like, you know, you know what you did. You know what you owe me. And like, you see these, all you can see is like his two eyes, like glowing in the darkness and like a slight. Tony? I'm sorry. So The, la- the all- last thing, wait, 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 wait. Um, I'm not, I just want to make sure that it got picked up. Um, the last thing that I heard was, you know what you owe me. Okay. Yes, I accidentally took my finger off the button. Because <laughs> okay. I was... Because <laughs> I took my hands up to make you were like, little circles around my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but all you can see while he's talking, you see his little glowing eyes in the darkness. Mm. Like, very bright. And then you see just a vague outline of the witch's face. And he's saying, like, you know, you know what you did. And, like, these two hands come out of the dark into the firelight holding a knife. Like a kitchen knife. Yeah. And it says, open your flesh. Yes. You know? And Mm. that's basically how that goes. And then he's yelling at it, saying, like, you can't hurt me. You're not real. You can't touch me. This is my house. And then, yeah, exactly. And then it snaps him into the ocean scene again. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to look away from Nyagak and like an octopus coming out of her mouth and stuff. Yeah. Oh, God, and that And like was awful. one set of arms comes up and um, like grabs his arms and holds him in the direction. And then he turns his head away. And another set of arms comes up and grabs his head and makes him look. Yeah. I have to go back and watch that scene, but I'm pretty th- I'm pretty th- I'm pretty sure they're his arms. Like I'm pretty sure the sleeves on the edge of the arms that reach around to pin his arms back are the same as his. Oh, could be. Like, I didn't I, notice that. It might just been a coincidence that it was a similar colored shirt, but like all four sets of arms look like they're his and it it is so creepy cuz like he tries to he tries to cover his face and they pull his arms down and he tries to look away and the next set of arms pulls him there and like I almost expected like him to shut his eyes and then another set of arms to like pull his or hands to pull his eye, eyes open but yeah like oh man but you're right like that just just before that the scene where he's like it goes to hand him the knife and he to his credit in that situation I don't know that many of us maybe he was just so burned out at that point and so horrified that like he was numb but like he has enough sense to think, why does it want to give me the knife? Why is it asking asking me to do this? And that's when he walks right. up and puts his hand on the fire and realizes that the fire's not hurting him and that none of this is real. But it doesn't matter because it's still horrifying. That's so real. It's yeah. So it it stops him back there. But like that that was a really powerful and impressive scene where like you start to get this feeling of like oh he's 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 getting getting some control in this situation like he he can he can maybe beat this thing and then you realize that he can't yeah so Rial comes downstairs and sees him sitting on the couch in his trance Mm. and he starts to pee his pants like he's been sitting there for so long Mm. oh yeah or it might just be that he's terrified or it might just be that he's terrified and then she kind of packs up her shit and escapes she tries she first she tries to put the handle back in the door and he gets out of the trance just in time to stop her yeah. and she stabs him in the leg with the screwdriver oh that's oh, right. right right in the yeah, knee she gets too. out the window 
Like, it's like it's not like a glancing blow. Like, she stabs him, like, right in the freaking thigh. She um, starts walking and she starts hearing singing in mm. her, I think, di- Dinak or something like that is their foreign language. Um, or Danaki or something like that. It said it in the captions. Mm. But she hears them singing in her her native tongue and she goes into what looks like a like a school or a prayer house or something i don't know um and she goes in and and she sits down and she's talking with them and um they say some like kind of cryptic things to her and yeah say that her, her daughter is dead and they touch her stomach yeah and uh she kind of freaks out and then she hears bull coming for her and hides and it gets really confusing here like even more so than the rest of the movie um because they do a flashback to to something in sudan and he comes in and gets her out of this little cubby that she was hiding in and they pan back around the room and all of the women that had been like singing and talking to her in this room are dead and like have just been slaughtered. And it actually, it gave me the same kind of feelings inside that watching the music video for this is America did. It's really horrible and horrific imagery. Like, yeah. One of those scenes that kind of sticks with you. Yeah. And he carries actually, her it was, in shock out. Yeah. In a lot of these scenes, I noticed a lot of stuff I didn't see before. Like yeah. when they're laying on the roof, talking about how they're going to leave. Oh, yeah. Like somebody walks down the fucking street and they're on fire. Like. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And like, so they they get out of the the classroom or whatever it was that they were in and they start trying to escape and they're laying on the top of a building and like holding each other. <clears throat> And, like, laying there as still and silently as they can because whoever killed the women in the classroom are presumably going to kill them. Marching through the streets, yeah. And it goes through them going across deserts and going through all kinds of different stuff to try and escape. Um, And they finally get to an area where there's a bus being filled with people and they're only taking children at this point and the guardians of said children mm-hmm. yes um, and and so bull sees a young girl about 10 years old i guess um i think she's quietly like calling for her mom yes. yeah like, like she's mama, in shock and... mama like and she's lost so he grabs her up and you know like She's their kid. Claims her. And that's how they get on the bus. And but then as the bus is leaving, there's trucks full of whichever side fighters just shooting spraying bullets into the crowd. Hmm. And Nyagak's mother sees her on the bus and starts screaming for her and running after the bus. And I think it's implied that she was killed she a few seconds afterwards. Yeah. I would imagine, yeah. And Nyagak's yelling for her mother and just yelling mama over and over again and the people on the bus are kind of judging bull and real obviously because yeah. they 
saw what happened and but i mean nobody says anything to them about it Um, but the other side of this coin is and here's probably why nobody said anything that little girl if those events hadn't happened she would have gotten killed along with her mother that's true um i mean it's like if he hadn't spoken up for her and said like this is a child and right and i think he did it for selfish reasons and because he was freaking terrified and desperate to leave. But, but he did the, save her, technically, in that Technically, instance. yes. And it, I'm not saying the ends justify the means, but um, in this particular situation, it yeah. turned out for the best, at least for a little while. Uh, for just a little while. Yeah. But, so I have a note that I want to make about that, and I also want to ask you guys a question. Were we supposed to infer? I kind of got the feeling that they knew this little girl and her mother before that situation. I don't, I don't think, think they so. did. No, they just got to know her a little bit for the next couple of weeks that they were trying to get into the country. I don't even think it was I think that so. long. Like I, I, I think like, it was days. Oh well, I guess long enough for them to at least have learned her name. Well, her mother was screaming at oh, her. That's true. That's um, true. <laughs> yes, but like, I didn't. And that's laugh, where I'm sorry. It's. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of... I, I can't believe I forgot that. She was yelling it. Um, <laughs> it's the way you said it, just like that guy from the movie I just watched. Um, like, cynical, dry. While she was screaming her name. Like, she was screaming yep. her name at the bus. Um, but, like... And that's where, like, this curse comes into play. Because it's not just this... And I'm going to go on one side of this argument here. I know you guys are saying that you can see it from both sides. And I understand. Um, but it's not just him pulling this child away from her mother and leaving the mother there to die in is presumably in in their place because they basically took this child who this is a terrible representation but you know that's their their ticket to get out of there is this child so he takes her and uses her to get them out and takes the place of her mother and leaves her there to die so not only do they take this child for presumably selfish reasons but they also lose this child. Yeah. And yeah, I could you? They don't really explain what happened, but they, the boat that they were on trying to get to England, I guess it 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 sinks, crashes, something. It gets shot at. Um, you oh, hear yeah. you hear gunfire in the background, and I think it got shot enough that it started to take on water, and um, the uh, it started to sink, and um, he tried sort of to save her but couldn't like he couldn't save both himself and her no he doesn't he just saves i real oh to my view it looked like i mean nyagak was drowning yeah and real was screaming because she told nyagak oh, okay. that she would protect she would her. protect yeah. her yeah and bowl i also i don't blame him for this i it's an impossible situation yeah one that I'll never find myself in. So I can't judge what somebody would do. But he saves Rial. Like, he drags her away from Nyagag as she's drowning and they get on the boat. I think, like, for me personally, if I were him, if I had made that terrible decision in the first place that I was going to steal this child to use them to get out of a terrible situation and their mother ended up dying because of me i would feel so guilty that i would have to save them i don't know like i mean i personally would agree with that like 
I would feel a certain, a, a large responsibility for yeah. what I had done. But on, um, on the other side of that, like, that child is going to resent the shit out of him. Like, they're never going to have a functioning relationship. Like, a functioning, no. like, father-daughter relationship. I mean, I think that's giving it, I think that is giving the scene more credit. Not more credit, but, like, in that situation, it's a fight-or-flight kind of thing. It's a, you know, you make a decision and in a split second, and you decide to save this person that you know really well that you have desperate feelings for that you you have feelings for that you love versus somebody that you barely know that you presumably again allegedly um took for selfish reasons like it that's why i've told you my biggest fear in the zombie apocalypse is that i run into a baby (sighs) because god damn it i'm gonna have to take that baby with me yeah (laughs) and my chances of survival go about five percent maybe yeah but i I can't leave it there like you have to do something Yeah. yeah But so that's where we we understand the full weight and and breadth of this situation, of this curse, this terrible situation is that they not 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 necessarily so much real. She was a little bit complicit in this, but not so much as um, Bull took this child as a way to get them out of this terrible situation, and then didn't do everything he could to save her. Instead seemingly chose Rial and let Yaga drown. Right. And I, I do believe Rial is somewhat complicit complicit in these acts. I do, yes. Not to the extent that Bull was, but she no. certainly didn't do anything to stop it. No. Right. And that's why she feels um, so much guilt. Yeah. Like, she could have said something. That's why right. she feels this obligation to set things right and make things right and like fix things. And in her brain, she believes that if they go back, if they make things right, that Niagak will be brought back. Right. Well, that that's what the witch promised her. Yes. Well, her, her first thought was if they go back, things will become right. But then in her delusion, the witch promises her that if she opens her husband's flesh, he will take her husband... And give her back Nyagak. Yes. And, and she can fulfill her promise to save her. Like, protect her. Right. And it was at this point, as these flashbacks were happening in the Sudan, how they got out and why they both feel terrible in different ways, the movie started to kind of take on the shape of the Babadook. Just a yeah. little bit. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's I, what Vic said. He said literally said that last night. <laughs> It's it's like this. Yeah. There is like a tangible monster after them or one of them, but it's mostly like a manifestation of their own horrible feelings, like coming to yes. get them. Yes. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was just yeah. it is. It's kind of this fun idea that like you know our our emotions might stem from these horrible physical things, these physical awful creatures. Like this could very well be associated with guilt so like this night witch this horrible creature is is the physical manifestation of guilt versus the babadook is the physical manifestation of of grief and loss and sadness there there were parts of this that reminded me of my favorite part of the babadook yeah when she's in the basement spoilers spoilers sorry yeah let's let's do that again spoilers for the babadook (laughs) spoilers for the babadook but my favorite parts when she's in the basement 
and she thinks her husband's there and she's like and he says that we can they can be together again and she's like how and he's like all you have to do is bring me the boy yeah that's it and i'm like oh and then like it gets dark and creepy he's like you can bring me the boy you can bring me the boy and it's like oh and that's she's having that that same kind of like internal battle with herself because they're back in the house back in the kitchen and the knife is sitting on the counter the knife that Mm -hmm. that he offered to him the knife that that niaga held to we're his talking throat. about his house again by the way yes, yes. zooming Listeners. back so we're this podcast is is intentionally gonna put you in the right mindset to continue that sort of trippy feeling you got from this movie like we're this is all or planned. it'll give you add i sure. hope that if you're listening to this you are so stoned that you have no idea what is up and what is down right now um but they he's sitting at the table and she goes to casually reach for the knife sitting on the counter mm-hmm. and I blinked and the next thing I know the knife is not there there was like a sh- noise mm-hmm. as if it came off of the counter and then he is sitting at the table and the knife is in his hand or on the table next to him it's yeah. sitting bloody on the table did he move it or did the witch because like I said I like I blinked and I heard that noise and I was like what the fuck just happened no. I, I think he he walked into the kitchen at some point to like talk to her and they were they were talking about something and then he went back out to the dining room and sat down and I think on his way out he was like that's it like I've had it like I'm gonna okay fulfill this because like, like I'm they were be done with this they yeah. were having a very casual conversation but she was contemplating it as they were having this casual conversation she was. And um, but he just decided to do it himself. So. Yes, and he just that's what I wanted. slices the not the inside of his arm, the top part of his arm. Yeah, yeah, a really nasty gash. Yeah. And um, props that's when the ghosty shows up. Props all... to that makeup that looked really good. Yeah. Well, anything. I don't know who does. Javier Botet's makeup, but it's always <laughs> phenomenal. Like, it's yeah. always fantastic. And, like, as soon as they came out of the hole, I actually, the first time I watched it, I didn't look at, like, the credits or anything. As soon as the witch came out of the hole in the ground, like, this hole opens up, and that's where the witch comes out. And, like, He's the like, arms Rrr. came up. I'm like, that's fucking Harvey, Javier Botet. That's him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's him right there. Right yeah. there. I love, right like, there. I right knew... There. I knew it was going to get bad. Like I knew as soon as I saw the blood dripping on the floor, I knew that like it was, um, and again, like there's this, this lore, like this really beautiful, creepy, morbid lore. That's like worked into a lot of these different beliefs and religions. And the idea that you physically cutting your flesh as an invitation to a creature is such a morbid and disgusting, but also somehow cohesive thought like it sort of makes sense like inviting a demon in or like you know making a a physical gesture of like submission and like allowing something into you and whenever the blood started hitting the floor i was like oh this is gonna get bad and then there was a bang on the floor and i was like oh fuck and rial excuses herself to the living room and just hastily please yeah Mm, i think i'll leave and yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave you two alone. 
<laughs> and, and oh well, little Nyagak. I think she's wearing the mm. mask at that point still. Yeah. The ghosty walks up behind I her and like remember. grabs her hand. Yes. Very gently, very gently and tenderly. Very gently. Like saying, like, this is a promise of what's to come. Yeah. And meanwhile, the witch is like now this was really cool. I don't remember having seen this before really in this manner, mm. but the witch is like pushing its hands into the cut on his forearm. Like it's going in like, yeah, it's, and it's like leering at him with those eyes and like big, ugly teeth. And, and it's like coming up like around the back of his shoulder and like yeah. really reaching in there. And it says the creepiest line ever. It goes, you are mine. Yeah. And it's, I, I don't know what it, the end game of what it was doing was, but it was horrible. <laughs> oh, I, I, like I said, I, I assumed that this was a, a, a subtle take on, um, like in certain religions, you have to invite certain types of, of demons into you. And I thought this was the, the idea that like physically cutting your flesh was inviting this thing to possess you. And like, that was his sign of, of giving in and allowing this creature to take possession of him. And I thought that's, the most brutal and disgusting and effective way I've ever seen of a possession. Like it was physically going to wear him. Like it was yeah, like it's, awful. It's not like Leatherface. It's not like a supernatural possession. The show Supernatural. Right. You know, the smoke goes up your nose. It's a, it was like. They were going to wear an Earl suit. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Um, yeah. But Rial has like a coming to Jesus moment right then and realizes what's happening and she turns around and like goes into the kitchen and cuts the thing's throat yeah she grabs the knife and attacks the witch and yeah like cuts its throat which i thought and i'm really glad they didn't do this but i was scared that it was going to be like I'm sorry. I really thought that it was going to be an Oculus moment. Mm. Oh, and she's like cutting bowls through. Yeah. yeah. Or like she was going to stab him or something. Like I was just waiting well, for it. This is where it gets even a little more Babadooky. Is like him cutting himself and letting the witch in to him. Mm-hmm. And her attacking the witch and cutting its throat. Mm-hmm. was like essentially both of them facing up. To what they both did. Yeah. Right. Taking um, responsibility. Yeah. And ultimately the ending of the movie shows that too. Like they, they they say, I think verbatim, that they faced their ghosts. When they let them in, yeah. they were finally able to start recovering. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. The ghost or they, the witch goes away, you know. and They start, they fix up parts of the house. Well, hang they, on, hang on, hang on. Oh. Before you go any further. Um, I just want to say like I... I really love the way that that scene is shot. Like he is, um, Ball is in the kitchen, Ball is in the kitchen <clears throat> screaming because this thing is physically forcing its way into his body. In I'm the sure it hurts. Most, and I'm sure it's terrifying. The most literal way possible, all the while <laughs> screaming in his face, you're mine. And like, it's horrifying. Yeah. And she's hearing this and like hearing what the price of him taking responsibility and, and her allowing this to happen and realizing that like it's not taking responsibility on her end that her like getting what she wanted and like and I'd like to believe that her 
somewhere in her mind, like maybe feeling Nyagak's hand was cold or like kind of clammy and felt like a dead creature. Like it was a hollow reward. Right. Maybe, like it wasn't really was... kind of like, and I know I'm, I used this example before, but kind of like the monkey's paw, like be careful what you wish for kind of thing. Like you can't, you can't. And that's a, a pretty clear through. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but like you can make a request of this creature and it can try to fulfill it and it will tell you that it can fulfill it. But what you'll get is some hollow, representation of what was once a living creature what was once a, a unique life is now reduced to this whatever it was you know this angry vile creature that has the shape of something that was once you know pure and good um and i think that i'd like to believe that that was the realization that she came to was that him taking responsibility for this thing that was ultimately done out of love for her and love for what he wanted to build with her what he did was terrible and i'm not justifying it but like her realizing that like she needed to take responsibility and face her demons and also that what she was going to get from this wasn't what she wanted yep there's a twilight zone episode like that uh-huh. <laughs> it's there's really, a twilight really good. zone episode like everything it's yeah really there is bizarre <laughs> but could you imagine being locked in your car there's a twilight zone episode like that <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Could you imagine smelling the gross breath of the cashier at the grocery store? Oh, Twilight oh, episode. God. Um, I mean, hey, at least there's like plastic windows up now. <laughs> I'm not saying my breath is great, but I'm saying I don't want to smell other people's grody breath either. <laughs> there was this meme that I saw the other day, and it was like I couldn't. I can't believe that I used to just let people stand real close to me and breathe on me. Like I'm wearing masks forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, this is going to sound really gross, and this might be TMI, but there have been times where I've been like, do I need deodorant? Oh, wait, no one's going to smell me. (laughs) That's fair. Although, there have been people in the grocery store that, like, wear enough cologne that I get choked in my mask, and I'm like, bruh, like, you don't even need to wear it right now. Nobody can smell it unless you're caking it on yourself like that, and then please don't ever do that. Axe body spray, COVID-19. It comes in a paste now that you just use like a a trowel and you like, you just like plaster it on your armpits. You sleep in a cocoon of it and break out of it in the morning. (laughs) Anyway. So (laughs) they, uh. They come back to do yeah, the inspection. So they come back yeah. to do the inspection, and the wall, the walls are are better. <laughs> Got stuck there for a second. Yes, yeah. yeah, so he, he replastered everything, and yeah. and they're standing there like the rug. <laughs> holding their hands kind of in front of them and like sweating. <laughs> and he has a long sleeve shirt on. He does. He does. Go figure. Yeah. Um. And he's so cut up now. Yeah. <laughs> Probably my favorite. One of my favorite parts of the whole movie was uh, Matt Smith's character goes, so what about the witch? And Bull goes, Rial killed it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it was a cockroach. Yeah, it was like the yeah. most direct and, and honest thing I've ever seen from a movie. Rial killed it. And he asked about the rats and he's like, I might have been being a bit dramatic. <laughs> but then to, to Mark, the matt smith's character you know he yeah. gives him like a little smile like that eh, yeah hey you did it man like you know you're yeah. you're gonna do all right here yeah 
They threw a tiny ornamental rug over top of the spot where the witch came up out of the floor. I really, I really wanted... <laughs> I wanted them to, like, once they left, like, Rial and, and Bull to go over and pull the rug off and see this mangled form of the witch in that hole, like, twisted up and disgusting. <laughs> like, slowly rotting. <laughs> like, what do we do with this? <laughs> um, uh, but... Oh man! Yeah, well, and that's then, when Rial's like, "I think I'm gonna paint this room red," indicating yeah. that she has <laughs> started to recover from all of this and that she's now interested in moving forward with their life. Right. And he, Mar- Ma- Matt Smith's character, goes, "Are you completely mad?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then they get ready to leave, and he says something about like, "Well, what about the ghosts or something?" and um, or something along those lines. I don't remember what it was, but. Um, Bull was like, uh, like our ghosts are always with us or something like that. And then after the inspectors leave, they're just standing there and Nyagak shows up across the hall again from yeah. them. And then the whole house gets filled with ghosts. Yeah. Yes. And so they've and like, literally just learned how to live with it. Yep. It, that's a very powerful symbolism going on there. Yeah. Um, and as peaceful as it is, and it's nice to know that like they're they're coping with it and moving on, it's still terrifying. And unsettling. Yeah. Well. Okay. And, like maybe maybe those ghosts were being pushed to be malevolent and evil and were attacking him and haunting him because the, the witch was pushing them, but like you'd st- still feel creeped out about them being near you like yeah but yeah i do you're right the um i think matt smith says are you still seeing ghosts and he says we'll always see them they'll always be here with us um and that's a very a very profound message um and very true and um, uh, so that's the end of the movie that is his house yeah mm-hmm. um wrapped up in a nice little ball like <laughs> Like I had said, I, I meant ball. I didn't. I didn't mean that ironically. No, I thought you. <laughs> no, <laughs> wrapped up and put under the carpet. I um. Whenever I, I I didn't know what I was getting into with this movie. I like I a bunch of people had talked about it in the Facebook groups that I'm in, and um. Had, and last time that happened, you guys watched as above, so below. Yes, and yep, that's true. Um. Like, I really just legitimately did not know what I was walking into, and I was expecting that they would move into this house, and like I said, it would be possessed by whoever lived there. Or a creepy dude living in the walls, like you said, Max. Yeah. Oh, hey, it also has um, some uh, some parallels to uh, paranormal activity. Like, it wasn't the house. It was, yeah, it was attached to them. Yeah. So, you know. You're right. And anecdote over. So, um, I guess we will start with. Um, I'm gonna go first this time. I think. Go what for the it. fuck? This is my shit. Whatever. Um, I never go first with these. That's true. You don't. <laughs> um, my favorite part of the movie was the very first, like, creepy thing that happened, like, super creepy thing that happened, which was when, I guess it was Niagak was behind Bull while he was looking into the 
the dark space and he like you're expecting a jump scare in one direction but then it like is actually a jump scare in the other direction so it's actually a little startling like you don't expect Stinks it. up behind you and pinches you in the bum a little bit yeah mm-hmm. um and so i think that's my favorite part okay max my favorite part is the conversation bowl had with the witch mm. uh in the fire in the you know whatever okay. sahara desert whatever it was just like vast unending blackness okay. relieved by a tiny little i'm sorry am i you know am i taking too long here um i was just agreeing with you uh oh thank you i appreciate that <laughs> um yeah just like eternal night around them. no stars no nothing just a tiny little circle of light and just at the very edge you see this very thing that is the bane of your existence yeah and yeah that i i couldn't have handled that as well as he did <laughs> and if i remember correctly those eyes are impossibly tall it's like seven or eight feet tall off the ground like you can see them like looming Fucking over the fire that's like seven or eight feet tall <laughs> Indeed. Why don't you marry him? <laughs> I, well, we'll he, see about that. As far as I know, he hasn't responded to any Javier letters. Comex. Dear Javier Botet. He definitely um, listens to this podcast. He has nothing know, better to do with I'm his time. <laughs> I feel like he searches just fan. for his name on a daily basis. I'm Specifically, just... <laughs> Javier Botet, new podcast. I think that's just going to be what I put in the description every week is just Javier Botet is in this movie. Javier Botet is not in this movie. <laughs> That'll just be the only description that I Zero get. stars, no Javier Botet. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> Dear Mr. Botet, I, I would like to be friends at least if we could. Yes. I think we can agree on that. Please just Make extend your... your arm out your window because you'll probably reach our house and we can shake your hand. That's insensitive to his extraordinarily long arms. No, I'm just kidding. We are all incredibly impressed by your ridiculous and terrifying physique yes it, it is and I, I honestly would have thought he would have been like weaker you know weaker body but it seems like he has no trouble at all like uh-uh. hauling himself out of holes yeah you know like doing that creepy walk doing all that stuff like it you know it seems like he has no difficulty at all which is awesome so yeah. i don't know that was just my little thought one of my admirations of the great javier botet he is six foot six Oh, that's not that tall. I mean, that... Okay. Wait, how tall? Six foot six. Uh, I mean, that's tall. Not as tall as, like, that one basketball player, but... Not as tall <laughs> as the thing that comes through the door at, in the um, the bedroom scene if it follows. Oh my god, well, that guy. I mean, if they made all those hobbits look very small in Lord of the Rings, they can make somebody look taller than they actually are, too. That's true. <laughs> that's a good point. Um, But he has what is called Marfan Syndrome. We've been over this once before. Yes. But I'll hear it again. Also, his name is Javier Botet Lopez. Oh. We've learned his full name. Now we can control him. <laughs> He's got a sexy Latin flair on the beginning and that's, end. That's demons, <laughs> not tall men. You got them confused again. He plays demons enough. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Victor, sorry. what was your favorite yeah. part? Uh, my favorite. There were a lot of favorite parts in this movie. But can you just pick one and stick just with it? Just one. Um, Everybody gets one. All right, let me run down the list here. Uh, the sound design. Um, the sound design in this movie is absolutely amazing. From like anything, you can stop and you can pick it. Um, but specifically, things like the scratching in the walls. There are times where you can't even really hear it, 
but it's there. Like you can you could turn up the volume really high and you listen like underneath some of the other things that are happening. Like it's just really really well layered and and the sound design is just really good and creepy and like that voice the witch's voice oh man it's good all right i completely agree there was there was a part where there's some evil whispering going on yeah and i was like man that's that's some good soundage there like just indistinct like you know yeah um my least favorite part was the part where they were talking to the government people and it was just really awkward and uncomfortable mm. and so i i know that i always do this but i want to i want to make sure that we're making the distinction when we say that, that it's a least favorite part we make the distinction that it was our least favorite because it made us feel uncomfortable so it was effective not that it was bad right i mean i didn't i didn't need that to be in the movie oh okay yeah i'm gonna like like kitty's some of her least favorite parts is when a dog gets killed yeah <laughs> <laughs> Versus, Max, some of your least favorite parts are because they really make you feel horrifically uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah. And stuttered. My least favorite part of this movie was the genocide. Um, Okay. mm. Okay. Don't, don't, don't say it. Not you, Max. I'm I'm talking to Kitty. I was flailing because, like, well, obviously that's my least favorite part, too. But, like, I mean, it's necessary... Oh, from no, no, like a I, like a a story standpoint. Yes. I, okay, yes, it was a necessary part of the story. I'm not saying that. Um, I, I'm not saying you're insensitive for not having said that. <laughs> um, oh no, I didn't think you were. I, I was just saying. Well, of course, like I didn't like the genocide. It's Sorry. obvious, but like, okay, maybe this, this probably applies to most relatively sane people but like stuff like that is a horrible crime it's senseless killing even though the people that are perpetrating it think it has a purpose it doesn't um yep it's it's terrible and to just have your life ripped away for no other reason than for no good reason at all (laughs) um yeah yeah uh, it yeah and so that was my least favorite part because that made me so uncomfortable. Yeah. Because that really happens. I don't know how many witches come into people's houses and like try to get into your skin, but that shit happens all the damn time. Yeah. Yeah. And you better knock that shit off. <laughs> all right. Um. Yes, and I I agree, and it's it's horribly effective, and that's yeah. Um. But um. My least favorite part, sorry, I got kind of stuck there for a second. Um, my least favorite part, uh, for the same reason, because it's really effective, but not nearly for, for quite on that same level, um, was the scene where he is uh, in his little piece of, you know, reality that he's trying to hold on to in the middle of the ocean. Like, yeah. you guys know how I feel about the ocean. And there was just impossible <clears throat> blackness in every direction below above you had no idea how deep the water was uh it just it was awful and it was so hopeless and like it just made me feel so uncomfortable and then when he stands up and he's walking around and like again like he looks down and you see the corpses under the water and like it just oh the whole thing it just made like the whole entire time i was so uncomfortable it reminded me a little bit of the um of 11 being in the 
like desensitization chamber that they put oh, her in yeah. in Stranger Things because like it was just black all around, around her, but like... there's like water on the on the ground, but like you can't see anything else. Right. There's yeah, just a little like bit toe of toe high water. But um, you know what? Honestly, what that reminded me of, especially when he was eating his dinner. Can you guys tell me what this movie is? A little boy has a magic scepter floating on a bed in the middle of the ocean, and he goes, I'm a pajama, and, like, the magic scepter does stuff. Mm. Was it Little Nemo? Possibly. I... That sounds very familiar. doesn't sound familiar to me, so I can't help you. I'm sorry. Let me let me look it up really quick. Okay. Um, Little Nemo Adventures in Slumberland? Uh, yep, that sounds like it. Each night, young Nemo. I haven't watched that movie in a fortnight. <laughs> young Nemo goes to Slumberland and has adventures and befriends the king of Slumberland, Morpheus. But one night, Nemo discovers Nightmare Land and Oof. the evil Nightmare King, throwing Slumberland and Nemo himself into danger. As I recall, that was a movie. It was like back in the day when I was young. It was four mm-hmm. kids, but it, but was it shouldn't like have been the four, four kids, kids <laughs> movies like twenty years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like some part, like like land before not land before time, the one where the dinosaurs come to the future and they get smart and they can talk. We're back. Oh yeah, yeah. Like those parts with Screw Eye, some of that was scary shit for a little kid. Yeah, I hadn't seen that movie since I was really little, and I put it on for me and Gannon, and I was like, we shouldn't be watching this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think Page Master has some parts like that too. Yeah, where they go to like the horror area and it's like legitimately horrifying. Yeah. Um, but, but anyway, um, yes. so uh, scariest the scariest part. part for me was um, either the first or second night, I can't remember which it was, when um, Niagak was like creeping around in the shadows, at, which I mean, she did in, in most of the movie, but like whenever she like skitters across the floor, mm. it's just, it's so creepy. Yeah. It's not great. <laughs> yeah. Like, and that's one of my biggest fears as a parent is whenever the kids get old enough that, like... They can skitter on all fours. They can skitter. (laughs) (laughs) Like, just waking up to them being, like, at the foot of our bed or, like... They're getting kicked in the face. (laughs) Or punched. Like, I will probably freak out at some point and accidentally assault one of our children in my sleep because I freak out whenever they... Mommy. Or just woken up state. Yeah. <laughs> Damons. <laughs> Who's that big comedian? Um, he's not big. He's a he's a larger man. Jim Gaffigan. Very tall. Jim Gaffigan. He has God that damn. Joke, you know, like I don't know which one of you to be impressed or. To... <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I mean, he's kind of like John DiMaggio. They're both just just big dudes. They are, but yeah, um, yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> but he has that joke where, like, you know, when kids have a nightmare, they can come into your bedroom. And pee in your bed. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway. So, um, Max, scariest part for you? Um, oh, boy. It's between all the eyes and the holes in the wall. Mm. Oh, God. And on it when the witch was attacking. Bowl. Yeah. Because um, uh. that honestly kind of reminded me of Amnesia. Um, just being completely powerless, defenseless, and, like, the physical pain and the mental anguish at what was going on would drive a lesser man insane, so. Yeah. 
Um, was there a creature kind of like the witch in Amnesia, or am I thinking of a different game? I don't know that you've ever played Amnesia. Um, I haven't, but I thought that I watched Ethan play it at Trevor's one time. Um, I don't think so. I mean, well, like the regular bad guys kind of resembled the witch slightly. Um, a little bit, I guess. But no, in, in Amnesia, you had no weapons. All you could do was run and hide. Um, yeah, like no I've, I've never yourself. played it, but I thought that I had, I had seen somebody else play it or I had seen a clip of it. I know that we watched Ethan play a horror game at Trevor's before they moved into their new house, but I don't remember what game it was. I don't think it was that. That was the first game <clears throat> I played that I never finished because it was too scary. Yeah. <laughs> like every time. It was too scary. Every time you think I'm going to advance and I'm going to get somewhere better and then it's like, I found a key and it doesn't open the door I thought it did. It opens this giant metal door that leads to the cellar and you're like, no, no, it doesn't. No. <laughs> it no. sounds like nope. time stories. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that game. Anyway, uh, Vic, what was your scariest part? Well, unfortunately, Max had to be greedy and pick two parts. So uh, mine was the eyes on the wall. Like it just it made me feel super uncomfortable like it it and her reaction or lack thereof was just really unsettling too like she just like she's holding the bracelet and like looks up and you realize they're just they're there and they're willing to show themselves to her and it's just oh it's just there's so many things about it that are unsettling yeah so good i'm just making sure there's no holes in my wall right now I'll put a hole in your wall if you know what I mean. Don't you dare. (laughs) Do you guys accept your demons? If you know what I mean. Uh, Alright, so overall rating, I am going to give this movie a 10 out of 10. Oh my goodness. I think that's the first time you've done that. I think it is. Um, I think I made it for Midsummer. Oh, that's true. On the re-record. Maybe. But, um... <laughs> Sorry, Vic was making faces at the dog. <laughs> Stupid face dog. <laughs> so pitiful. Um, you're a wee dog. But, um, yeah, I give it I give it a 10 out of 10 for its original. Um, it had a really good storyline. The acting was good. I had very few complaints. Gang... I knew I found a gem with this movie. I knew I did. All right. What, what's your overall rating? 10 out of 10. Vic? <laughs> <laughs> are, are you... Did you forget to press your button down again? I'm sorry. Did you... What was the last thing you heard from me? Just 10 out of 10. That's all I heard. Oh, no. That's all I said. Okay. But um, I will ask more than that. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to give it a 13 out of 10. Okay. Um, it was phenomenal. It's probably the best and scariest movie I've seen since A Quiet Place. Okay. Um, yeah, like that's A Quiet Place. Like that's the last mile marker in my head for the greatest horror movie yet. Hmm. And now we got his house taking the lead here. Okay. Vic, what's your overall? Um. It's tens across the board, guys. Like, this is just a really good movie. And I legitimately, looking back on this, um, usually if I really enjoy a movie in that moment, there's a good chance that the next time 
you know, the next day, the next week, whatever, I'll think back on it and I'll kind of pick apart some things about it that I didn't really like. Because while I'm watching a movie, I can really get into it and little things don't bother me as much. But afterwards, I can kind of look at it with a, a more a different perspective and I can kind of pick things apart. And I can say that this movie, I really can't find any flaws that are enough for me to even mention. Like there are things about it that I, I legitimately just, I think it's a really, really great movie. Like okay. 10 out of 10 you know what? No. I'm going to give it a... What'd you give it, Max? 13 out of 10? 13 out of 10. 15 out of 10. <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> I picked 13 because that was my favorite number. Oh. That's my favorite number, too. Uh... All right. I need some uh, listener to write in and please number. tell me that Max and Kitty don't exist only in my head. I'm just here talking. And either occasionally <laughs> I'm doing their voices or occasionally I'm just like, yeah, that's a good point. So you thought that? Okay. <laughs> Victor, you don't need the listener's opinion. Just stay here with us. It's better here. Okay. Do you want a drink? <laughs> do you want to do a podcast, if you know what I mean? <laughs> I'll go get the knife, if you know what I mean. <laughs> All right. Scary reading for me. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. It sounds like you're just trying to be contrary. I'm not. Contrarian. Contrarian. We have a contrarian. I, it was definitely very scary at points, but it's not the scariest movie that I've ever seen, I don't think. Okay, that's fair. Um, I, are you done? I'm done. Okay, I agree. Um, That's a very fair thing to say. Because I will say kind of the same thing it's not like the most blood-curdling movie i've ever seen but the horror that they managed to create in that atmosphere like instead of having like these rushes of terror like there'd be sort of a rush and then like they bring it down to a simmer and like they never quite let you go um, yeah and that's i'm giving it a 10 out of 10 for horror like it wasn't as pop scary as like a bunch of other movies, but like what they did do and the way they did it was just phenomenal. So, um, yeah, 10 out of 10. Okay. I a hundred percent agree with you. Um, because, and it comes down to, um, it comes down to the, the thing that I, I say a lot in these movies is that atmosphere and pacing are really important and if you create the, the the right atmosphere early on and you pace that atmosphere out well then you have a movie that just continuously fills you with in, an increasing feeling of dread and maybe occasionally it backs off a little bit to let you breathe a little but it just makes it that much worse when you pull back down on it again um so i'm i agree this is not the scariest movie i've ever seen however its execution of that making you feel uncomfortable making you feel that dread making you feel terror when uh when necessary it it was really really well done and i'm also going to give it a 10 out of 10 for scary rating i think this movie currently holds the record for ratings in our podcast it does i mean our at this point i think our three highest are in this order i believe are his house midsummer and mama i believe so um i'm panicking about what we're gonna watch next um is it your turn to it is my turn to pick 
All right. Why are you panicking about it? This because can't be good. I didn't think about it. All right, we'll buy you some time. Max, who would win in a fight between Mama and the witch from his house? Oh, dear. Uh, I think the witch. Mama, Mama was a malevolent spirit. Mm, and certainly capable in her own way. But the witch like had a very intelligent design and extreme capability to carry out what he was doing so unfortunately i think mama would lose that fight i think you're right but my counter my counter argument is candy that argument. my candy argument is that the witch seemingly had weaknesses and could be hurt mama did not there is that but i mean the witch also had other it did ridiculous powers um i thought of a movie okay let's hear it we're gonna watch sinister Sinistro? Sinistro. Okay. We're going to watch... What is it? Sinister. Ooh, Sinister. I recently read an article, a scientific study of horror movies, and Sinister was rated the scariest movie ever made. I saw that same article. That's why I'm picking it. We'll be the judges of that. Oh, God. See, I want to talk about it right now. No. No. Save it. (laughs) Let's just get it recorded now. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I could. Honestly. We could literally do it right now because I've seen that movie like 10 times this year already. I honestly don't know if I've ever seen the first one. Um, I don't remember. I have. I highly recommend it. So. Okay. Well. um, So do you. So, real quick, some housekeeping stuff. Um. First of all, thank you for listening. We really, really appreciate it. As always. If you have been sharing with your friends, we also super duper appreciate that. If you feel so inclined to leave us a five-star review on iTunes, we will read those out once we get more of them. We didn't have any this week, so um, I will... Oh, no. I know. So we will will read some (laughs) of those out loud if you leave us five-star reviews on on iTunes. Um, if you wanted to support us financially so that we could keep bringing you more content because we really want to do that, you can go to our Patreon. Um, it's at Hounds of Horror Pod on there, I think. And um, our Instagram and our Facebook are both at Hounds of Horror Pod. You can leave us comments or whatever, check out different things, um, and we will update things on there. And... Um, I think we said before you can reach us at houndsofhorrorpod at gmail.com if you have specific things that you would like to send to us, if you have things that you would like to correct us on, because Lord knows we are not perfect human beings. Um, um, well, I, more than the Lord knows that, I think. Uh, <laughs> anybody listening to this podcast knows that. <laughs> I mean, I got a list of exes I could tell you that too, but... <laughs> Oh, I thought you were making a joke about the devil, like the Lord, like Lord and the devil are fighting with each other, like who gets to take us? Like, I don't want them. <laughs> you take them. <laughs> well, <laughs> probably that too. But, um, um, so here's a little yeah. anecdote, Victor um, and Kitty. Um, I don't know if this will make it into the final cut. Well, I'm going to stop listening. <laughs> well, that's fine. <laughs> um, but you know how, like, you know, you would, Victor would be giving his opinion and like, I'm playing marching band music in my head. And then when it's my turn, mm-hmm. like I say the same exact thing. Cause I subconsciously was ready to say what he said. Yes. I found out that's Bender does to a lot of people too. 
Like Fry will say an idea, and Bender will be like, "Huh, you know what? That idea is so good. I had it." <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, um, anyway, I am severely ADHD and under medicated for it. So, so to get back on track. I'm severely medicated and over ADHD. I don't. Wait, what? That doesn't make any sense. Neither of those. I was trying things. to make a funny off of what you said, but. <laughs> um, no, it, but... it doesn't scan when I say it out loud. Uh, sincerely, uh, to anyone and everyone listening, we really, really appreciate it. Uh, we we really enjoy getting together and having these conversations. We've been doing it forever, and and it's nice to have that kind of feedback from you guys and and girls from you folks to know that we are uh something our conversations bring some kind of value to you guys that's really great and we appreciate it that is also my hope like if you wake up for work and you're like son of a bitch i gotta go to work again today like i do every day and you listen to us on the way there and you end up crapping your pants because you laugh so hard then i have done my job Oh, yeah, and sincerest apologies that this one was kind of heavy. <laughs> it it was. It was a little more on the serious side, but, you know, I still hope you get a kick out of some of it and just laugh <laughs> until you spit coffee all over your windshield. Yes. Or your coworker, And then when they're like, what's going on? Your boss. And you can be like, I'm listening to this great podcast. And then hopefully they'll spit coffee out on their coworker, and it'll get all around the cubicle. I mean, <laughs> office. Everybody's working from home right now, so it would literally just be them spitting coffee into the mirror or on their child or something. <laughs> Mom, what the hell? I'm listening to this podcast. You can't listen to it. <laughs> oh, no. So I'm listening to this great podcast. This is Pizza Hut, ma'am. <laughs> I have to turn... I listen to murder podcasts really loud, and then I have to turn them down when I'm going through the drive-thru so that people don't give me the weird looks. <laughs> she was stabbed 27 times. Do you want oh. with that? Here's a PSA, and I don't know if this is going to make it in. If you see somebody walking through the grocery store wearing headphones, do not start a casual conversation with them and make them take out their headphones just because you want to bitch about the price of milk because it's not fun for the person who has to pause pause their podcast in order to listen to you bitch it's really annoying don't do it you know what um just take your headphones out of your phone and play this part to them when they bug you <laughs> keep it on like <laughs> yes we'll give you a sound bite. When people try to talk to me like i'll pick up anything that's close by like a box of donuts and hold it up to my ear and be like i'm sorry i gotta take this <laughs> <laughs> i and just have a very approachable face or something. I don't know. People always try to talk to me in the store, and I literally want to run away every time. That's why I wear headphones. Just start eating your shirt. Like. <laughs> Guarantee people leave you alone real quick. Uh... Oh, that does come with one caveat, though. Like, if you're super short and can't reach the top shelf and you need me to get something for you, please interrupt me. I will definitely get something off the top shelf for you. Anyway. If you know so, what I mean. If you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I can reach all the hard-to-reach places, if you know what I mean. <laughs> you took that from being unintentionally funny and dirty to being straight-up dirty. <laughs> it could still be not dirty, though. <laughs> I guess. You're talking about somebody's garage. <laughs> anyway. All right. 
I think we're done. The cats yes. are chasing each other and being annoying. The dog's whining. We Thank gotta, you all. We gotta be done. We're going to go accept our demons and go to bed. Bye. Bye.